hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. I mean, the end of the beginning. Everything in this podcast is the beginning of the end. Or just... Just an end. Just the end. Just an end to the last end. The end period. How are you? I have to pee so bad. Oh, man. Actually, me too. Do we, like, white knuckle it? Or do we... No, let's elevator music it. Okay. Can I count down the elevator music? What do you mean, count down? Can I count it through? Three, two, one. Okay, are you sufficiently peed? Yes. And I also got to snuggle baby G. And I put him in a blanket cocoon, and then I put his head on a pillow, and then you know what he did? He was ungrateful, and he just got up and waltzed away. He wanted to follow you, but he accidentally took his blanket cocoon with him, so he walked down the hallway with a big comforter wrapped around him. So sweet. Yeah. Such a good boy. He's a love Are bug. you satiated from the bladder? Yes. And all other organs and unfortunately i'm refilling it with not alcohol again i'm refilling my bladder with some natural coconut water i had my frappuccino on the way here oh so you're at least fulfilling your milkshake part yeah i regularly have a, a frappuccino on the way here I'm it's just because you live an hour away now i never drink it during the show yeah so um, oops also happy friday Happy Friday. We usually record on Thursdays, but what were we doing last night, Christine? 
Um, we were doing a really great thing. We were doing a whole lot of stuff. We were watching a live reading of porn. Yes. But before you say, mom, dad, listen, it's not. The show isn't about porn. Well, it's not what it sounds like. It's just about murder. Yes. Yes. Uh, we were at a live taping or a live show of my favorite, my favorite murder of my (laughs) one can dream. (laughs) Well, listen, uh, of my dad wrote a porno. Mm hmm. One of our favorite and first podcasts we ever listened to. And this was their first show in America ever. Ever. And, and it, it was, was only like 10 minutes down the road from Christine's house. It was so fucking amazing. It was at the Orpheum, which is a gorgeous theater. It was so fun and interactive. And they read like a hidden chapter that they hadn't read on the podcast before. If you guys haven't listened to the podcast, please do. It's so funny. It was. It's the best. And we also got to meet one of our fans. Yes. She's a listener of And That's Why We Drink. I can't believe it. We were Instagramming about it. And she sent us a DM like, hey, I'm here too. And so we met up afterward. Yep. And it was Erica and Albert. Yes. Yeah, they were great. So Erica was so sweet, and we got a photo. And she had her sweatshirt had the Ho Don't Do It Ouija board on it. Yeah, the Garbage Humans hoodie. It was so cool. And apparently she talked to the woman who runs Garbage Humans, and she was like, yeah, we've got a lot of, and that's why we drink listeners, buying out buying out our Ho Don't Do It Ouija stuff, which... Like, sold out. Which I'm kind of bummed, because I'm like, I want all of it, so... But also, you guys are the reason that someone's merchandise is sold out. It makes me so happy. So thank you. Thank you. And speaking of merchandise, here we got this. Oh my. Um, okay, and also I know a lot of people have been posting like they didn't get to my gift or they never mentioned it, but I promise we just get so much stuff that it kind of piles up and then hair flip. No, I don't mean it like that. <laughs> I know, I know. But we're when- very grateful. It's just like we there's so much to appreciate and so little time that we like how how and to juggle it all is a mystery yeah and it's hard because like i'll pick them up on tuesday and then by sunday like it'll be in a pile and i'll get to a couple things so i promise like we have it all we set it set everything up we pin all the cards and maybe I mean, we'll just do like a monthly like ev- like a monthly picture of our yeah. of our studio that way you can see whether or not we got it like, yeah you i want to post some more photos um, we'll regularly start posting photos of our studio with like and we put everything up so like we might as well just you can see the updated absolutely room every and I, month. like we promise and we geek out every time we get it and i'm sorry if we don't give like personal mentions every time we really try to but sometimes it's hard to get everything um but we've got some amazing letters and cathartic crochet on instagram reminded me that she sent this um belated holiday ornament i'm going to show it to you that's it says ATW. That's amazing. It's the Ghostbusters sign. It's the Ghostbusters and it's crocheted by it hand. It says ATWWD in it. It's super cute. So that's that, amazing. That came and I keep forgetting to like tell Em about everything. Yeah, every time I get here, like things are all. Remember with the days when you used to like wait until I was here to open something? I don't wait. And now I just show up and I'm like, oh, that's nice. What's this? And she's like, oh, yeah, listener got that for us. And I'm like, what? Literally, Em shows up <laughs> and goes, oh, why did you get an oil painting made of Gio? And I was like, oh no clarissa made that or uh i'll like i saw clinton sent us some really cool stuff and he sent this uh what is the friend it was it i don't you describe it okay clinton made a print and he posted it on facebook and i was like i want that and it's framed now and now he mailed it well okay he mailed it in a frame and the frame unfortunately broke so i oh no had a new frame fortunately that fit perfectly um and it says in this house oh my gosh it's downstairs i haven't in this house we 
say fuck. No. No? <laughs> wrong. Well, that's I mean, just we what, do. That's what we do in this house, Not though. wrong. Not wrong, but not correct. Under my roof. But definitely says drink wine and worship Geo. Yeah, it says if we talk about murder, drink wine and worship Geo. Yes. And he, it's like this beautiful font that he hand drew and it's gorgeous. So we have that framed. But I, I showed up one day and I was like, oh, that's nice. And she was like, oh yeah, Clinton. And I was like, oh yeah, Clinton. <laughs> right. Of course. And he mailed cards that are downstairs that I'll give you the cards. They're really sweet too. Aw. He wrote a really sweet message in my card and gave geo a toy and gave geo a toy i actually read your card sorry <laughs> it's very <See>? nice <laughs> well i'm gonna put them on the bulletin I know, board I so. know. okay and then this came this is from um here em and christine with each new episode i want to give you more and more socks nice i can't dream of anything better than that, that sounds so nice you whoop thank you for doing what you do cheers julia at socksmith you know socksmith.com didn't know a socksmith was a thing but you're oh, about i was to. wrong you're about to tell Please me everything behold the socks oh we my received. god several oh my god that's at least like 15 socks <laughs> oh my god wow that's a lot of socks and sock uh socksmith oh her stickers are are sock shaped Oh, that's a good time. Obviously, this is mine, the wine socks. Okay, obviously. Yes. It literally is a heart with a ribbon over it that says wine. Obviously, these engagement ring socks are my socks. Okay, so where are mine? <laughs> Here's some puppy socks. Okay, so those are Geo's socks then. Got it. All of these are Geo's socks in the end. We all know. <laughs> Geo loves socks, by the way. Socksmith, you really, it's really a Merry Christmas to Geo today. Oh, wow. Yes, these are mine. They are definitely milkshakes. Milkshakes. Actually, you know, if we're being realistic, it's boba tea. tea. Do you like bubble tea? No. Oh. But I like tea and I like fun. Have you had like the right bubble tea? Like, don't be that way. I don't like it. Okay. Let's just be, let's just bygones be bygones. But you haven't tried tofu in the right way. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I haven't met the right man too. Uh, <laughs> ice cream. Ice cream. Yes. Love it. I want all of um, these. Thigh high blood socks. Love a good thigh high. Come Love on. blood. Halloween, man. Oh, Ice man. cream Sunday. <gasps> you shouldn't have socks. Wine. Man. Okay, well, this is yours. We'll put that. Oh. Jesus, that's a lot of socks. Guys, I don't. She's not even drunk. I don't do well when I. My equilibrium is off when I'm sober. <laughs> These are some no BS socksmith socks. They look so comfy, too. These say, oh my God, these are Ouija socks. Shut the fuck up. Can I have one? Yeah. How about I have one up for my left foot and you have one for your right <laughs> foot. And then we just walk around together as a three-legged race pair. Oh my God. And please. then we can both wear the socks. Can we please? Why didn't we each get one of these? This is so dope. And they're, are these thigh highs? Uh, they're knee highs. I mean, they're long and lengthy and I love a tall drink of water. So there's that. Yeah, I love it. I don't know what you're saying, but okay. You guys, go to this fucking website. There's so many amazing designs. Uh, oh my God, killer clown socks. Those are not mine. Yes, they are. No. They're not mine. I don't, I've never even seen it. <sighs> There's literally so okay, many socks. Okay, we got socks about everything that ever happened in the world, so. Oh, these are, these are ghosts in love. Anyway, they're so freaking cute, so thank you. Thank you. A thousand times thank over. Thank you, Julia. These are amazing. We literally are just swar- just socks are my favorite thing oh yeah this is all great i can't believe it i can't either um so thank you julia um i also want to say um oh and sierra i keep forgetting to mention sierra sent us another package and um so did lisa g for our anniversary i love lisa g 
But Sierra sent us that embroidery mm-hmm. of, and that's why we drink, and it's beautiful. And we have too it beautiful. Hung it hung up above Clarissa's oil painting of Geo. This is too much, guys. I'm so overwhelmed. Sometimes I look around in this room and I'm like, why did people send any of this? This is so nice. Why do you care about it? Why do I sleep at night with a gravity blanket on top of me now? I don't deserve <laughs> any of this. This is awesome. Also, apparently the the video was from the Wingate Hotel, the, oh, the really? scary one you posted. But how? I mean, they're probably right and I'm not. All I can tell you, look, you guys go searching through the three pages of Google and there was at least one page that said, like, oh, Room 209 was a viral video at the Congress. So Maybe. I just, look, I told... I, I don't know. I told you guys I'm, like, not an expert. We all know how I was in middle school with my presentations. Clearly, I'm not, like, an expert at anything. Well, I just have a microphone. We also... Everyone was also flipping out that you didn't mention the, the ghost that you see in the video. You didn't see that? I watched it again, and I was like, holy shit, there's, like, a white form that moves out of the door. Shut up. Yes, and down the hallway. You can, like, watch it. You, okay, Christine, to be fair, you watched it the first time next to me, and neither of us saw it. Yeah, but I was just screaming, because I didn't know what was happening. (laughs) And I was expecting it to be one of those videos that I... I was just so freaked out by that guy's reaction. I wasn't even paying attention to anything else. Well, I I was thinking about those videos my dad used to show me where you're, like, really intently watching. And and then then it jumps on and scares you. And he thought it was so funny, so I was a little afraid you were doing that to me. No! But then I went and watched it again, and I'm like, oh my god, like, a white figure just, like, walks right out the (gasps) door. Down the hallway. That is creepy and then all these people on facebook are like it's fake and i was like you know what why go take a hike why are you here then why don't you go sleep in that room and let us know how it goes sit under a tree and contemplate (laughs) (laughs) um okay well then i will say my apologies if if it was uh wingate not the congress plaza i'm sorry Still creepy as hell i mean it's still fucking creepy i that was just an extra addition you know how like if we were a dvd that was the bonus feature you know what i'm saying (laughs) if we were a dvd (laughs) If we were a DVD, we'd be straight to DVD, <laughs> non-theatrical release. Yes, exactly. Well, okay. Well, I'm sorry. I I mean, I slip through the cracks, but honestly, I probably slip through them all the time and just never get caught. So <laughs> I don't know. For all I... Who knows? I really did just follow Google. Uh, I'm going to blame everything on Google from now on. Last thing I have to say, something really funny happened. So, you know, thanks, priests. Oh, are priests mad at us now? Listen, thanks, priests. A priest said... Ah, shit. You're welcome. <gasps> really? <laughs> wow. I thought that was going a very different direction. So, Kate Ratcliffe, Kate, uh, C-A-T-E underscore Ratcliffe, um, tweeted at us. She's an Anglican priest. And she said, you're welcome. <laughs> She's... Okay, you know what? That's a priest I She's can totally get behind. my fucking favorite. Okay, you're our favorite priest ever. What's her name? Kate. Priest Kate. Thank you, Priest Kate. Priest Kate Radcliffe. I think From now on, she's the poster child for all great priests. I believe she's Canadian also. <gasps> don't you do that I to me. I don't want to... Don't you do that. Not here. Not now. Not like this. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, Em. Someone's going to call the police on me in a minute if you keep talking like That's that. That's just a romance novel waiting to happen. So, anyway, can you just tell... Do you have anything else to tell? Because if not, I have something to remind you to tell. Oh. Please tell about your sister's class. My sister's class. Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. Wow. It, you I were on top of shit Because I just wanted it to be said. 
Um, yeah, so my sister, her name's Caitlin. Um, she's one of many. And Hi, Caitlin. reminder to everyone who asks how I could possibly be an only child and have siblings. Um, they are step siblings. So I'm the only blood related human being between my two parents. Actually, M's in a cult and they call each other sisters. Actually, and I'm brothers. the cult leader and I just call them brothers and sisters so they feel like they're my equal. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the gag, really. Um she is my little stepsister, although I have just been in so many Brady Bunch situations with my family that I don't believe in the word step, family's family. So my sister, Caitlin, she uh, is at school right now at VCU. Uh, Virginia Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's in Richmond. Um, and she was in a forensic science class dope by the way dope by the way following in my footsteps so she's welcome and (laughs) she uh she texted me a picture of her class uh up on the board and she was saying that her professor literally stopped class to not knowing not knowing that she's related to me in any way her professor stopped class i don't know if she stopped class or maybe like a tab was open and then she felt like the need to explain herself i don't know what how this began but she sent me a picture of the teacher on our and that's why we drink dot com website. Oh, no. And she had stopped her lecture to talk about how we are so funny that she apparently pees herself laughing. A professor said this during her lecture to several students. And Mrs. My eighth grade English teacher. Are you listening to this? Because you told me I could never write and be successful. <laughs> and I made a professor pee her pants. And you write for Nickelodeon. Well, there's that too. <laughs> but uh, but so she sent me a bunch of pictures of my website on her professor's like projection board. And, That's and was like, I don't think she realizes what's she doesn't know who she's talking to, but I'm literally watching her on this website right now talking about how funny you guys are. And so I said um, that I would give my sister a shout out. And if that professor, the forensic science professor at VCU, who went on our website, if you listen intently enough and follow us enough that this Sunday you listen to this episode, Mm -hmm. her name is Caitlin. Give her an A. Her name is Caitlin. And also, uh, I'm sorry that we announced that you peed your pants on the internet. I like to think it was metaphorical, just to save yourself some face. I like to think that it was not metaphorical. Also, I like to think that you are around our age. You're not like a professor that's like... Oh, I like you to know? think that you're like... 90? No, but like a dope-ass grown-up. Okay. I don't... Who knows who I cater to? Not me. Whoever you are, I appreciate you. You've got great taste. <laughs> Anyway, that's that's the shout out that I want to do. Also, I do have another family related story. Wait, can I quickly add on to that? Yeah. So the best part is that I look closer at the photo <laughs> and the part the portion of our website that is literally on the projection in front of the whole classroom just says M's hairy torso. Yep. It was the title of one of our episodes and M was like, I never thought I'd see my hairy torso up on a projection in a college classroom. But, yep, but but it's happened. <laughs> but there it is. A lot of weird things have happened in the last year. It's a weird world. Um. Anyway, kind of proud of myself. I'm very proud of that professor. The other thing I want to tell you is my stepmom called me. Oh, and I'm boy. saying stepmom. I know I just said I don't believe in the word step, but uh, I also respect my mother. So just to, to deviate between the parents... My stepmother, she is uh, 
she has a sister who passed oh no um several years ago and she and my my stepmom's also wiccan just as a fun fact about her i don't know if that like makes the story make any more sense to people but she's a big believer in in the spirits and the ghosts and all that kind of stuff mm. and her whole family was she was raised wiccan um oh that's interesting I didn't mm-hmm. know that. and so uh she called to tell me a ghost story yes <clears throat> where she in the middle of the night last night her and my dad are both smokers i think my dad says he's quitting but that's we'll see so <laughs> he's been quitting since i was born i think so they are both smokers and i guess my dad went to bed early and so my stepmom was out by herself and she went to go smoke a cigarette so she was outside and all of a sudden the wind like picked up in a really creepy way where she said like the air was like like that weird like creepy silent like it was too silent and she was kind of trying to figure out what was going on looked around and outside they live out in like the in the sticks like in the middle of the woods and she was looking out into the trees and she said that she thought she was like kind of hallucinating like the the leaves like started moving like they were liquid and she this was like in the middle of the night too um oh god so she's all by herself it's really creepy the wind is like picking up but there's like no sound and then the trees look like they're moving like they're water and then all of a sudden this black mass just kind of came out of the woods what towards her and she is also someone who she has had so much contact and so many stories with spirits that like a lot of things don't freak her out anymore right and she said this thing was like a pit in her gut oh god she just felt something and all of a sudden, this mass started rushing at oh her. Oh, my God. Ru- like, bull rushing her. So she goes into the house, and for some reason, she had no reason to say this. She has no reason why she said it. It just came out of her mouth. She ran into the bedroom and woke up my dad and was like, look out. Debbie's coming. Debbie is in her sister. <gasps> and didn't even know it was Debbie. Didn't have, like, a feeling that it was Debbie. Just the first thing that blurted out of her mouth in a panic was, look out, first of all weird look out look out debbie's coming and what so she was freaked out my dad is relatively open-minded i mean he lives with a fucking wiccan in the middle of the woods so (laughs) like what do you think's gonna happen (laughs) but so but he's also still like he just doesn't think about it a lot so that stuff doesn't really gravitate towards him i just think if you're not putting the energy out there it doesn't really show itself often so um he like didn't challenge her on it but was like okay i'm going back to bed whatever like okay (laughs) debbie's gonna get me um and then my stepmom was like i guess that was kind of weird but like there's you know i don't really know why i would think that it's not like it's her birthday or anything like that like no there's no reason for her to have just shown up like that went to bed and then woke up the next day and called her mom and her mom was like how did you handle last night (gasps) and my stepmom was like what are you talking about what Apparently, Debbie also had two kids. Both kids called their grandma, my stepmom's mom. They called her that night to say that they were totally freaked out. And they were in two different areas, too. So they had two individual stories, independent of each other, that their mom came to visit them that night. (gasps) What? And so my stepmom's mom was like, I'm assuming that if her children, you know, had visits from her, their Wiccan sister her Wiccan sister might have also had some sort of contact. So how did you fare last night? And she was like, that's so weird that you even brought it up. What happened to 
her kids and the exact same thing happened of some <gasps> black mass and they knew it was her wait but why is this so menacing and scary debbie had a past oh but i mean like was it like a negative spirit coming i don't i mean the first thing my stepmom said was look out so yeah, I don't, i'm not too she sure rushed inside and had a pit in her stomach but like they or she might have just had like maybe it was just like crazy energy like there was just so much energy she yeah. didn't know how to like handle it or something but i mean i guess if anything's rushing at you but so apparently all of them had the same experience and then my mom was like it doesn't even make sense because her birthday isn't for like another week like there's no reason for her to you know be showing up and apparently and then her mom told her was like no she died that day (gasps) and not only that but debbie was like really into like the number 13 and always told them told like before she died told them when I die on the 13th year, I will come back. I will come back and I will make sure that you see me or you like are aware of me. And that was the 13th anniversary of her death. No. Yep. And she's never shown up really before. And so, and my, and my stepmom had no idea. She didn't even remember it. And she's like, this was the, she died 13 years ago. And then that happened. Jesus. And then the next day, a psychic came into my dad's office where my stepmom also works a psychic came in and said, like, oh, she was either calling, like, to, like, speak to you to either say hi or to warn you about something really bad that's going to happen. Well, the bull rushing seems a little alarming. Well, that's what I'm thinking. But so let's hope she's just calling to say I hi, because if she's got bad nudes to warn us about, that means I got to get involved. I'm going to say like that's it. you involved, too. Oh, God. Anyway, that was a ghost story I heard recently. That's really scary. I don't have any others. There were no earthquakes in my house recently. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. We ready? ready? Oh. Jinx. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Omelette du fromage. Omelette du fromage. <laughs> um, okay. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant and cushions with easy assembly and disassembly. This is the perfect thing for your outdoor space. They also just launched a new standing desk, co-pilot with adjustable height, a durable scratch-resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever. I'm in the market for a new desk, um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark. And of course, there's Burroughs Legacy seating collections like the Nomad and Range, now available in new colors. And M and I, that's like the only piece of furniture I think we actually share is our Burroughs sofa in the podcast department. Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. 
You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink so this is new this is something new that i'm doing Hmm. and it's either gonna go really well or explosively bad can't wait we all know which one it's gonna be (laughs) um so here's the thing i researched some of this just to make sure that this website isn't bullshit. Okay. I will say that. Um, I just wanted to double check that like I was getting proper information. But <clears throat> we actually had a listener send in a request a while ago. Um, her name is Morgan. Mm-hmm. And she requested this. And then not only requested that I told the story, but also said, here's a link with a timeline of everything that happened. If you can at all make it possible, I don't want you to read the notes either. I want like a real reaction. Like... from both of us oh cool so she did enough research to find this website so that in theory in theory you and i can both react at the same time hell yeah so i have an idea of what happened but for the most part i'm truly going off of a website so if y'all fuckers out there try to say that i messed something up you can read along with this website Do people always attack you you get so defensive I'm just ready for someone to attack, I think. I know everyone's just been nothing but nobody's, kind. Nobody's attacking anybody. But the day that someone does, they'll be like, I told you, Christine. Me? I don't know. I'm not going to be the one to the attack mirror. you. I'll, I'll look in the mirror and be like, I told you. Okay. If everyone's ready. We're ready. This website. And this is why I wanted to double check some information because I didn't trust the credibility of this website. The website is called Higgy Pop. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it so, is a uh, Korean teen pop. Oh yeah, sensation. That's what that is. Blog. Well, um, I, I'm just saying the website. So if you guys wanted to read along, I'm reading along. Okay. What what is it? Is it like a supernatural? Blog? It is. I don't know what the actual website is, but I had this article, so I'm just wait. Gonna... Higgy pop. Higgy pop. Oh, so like Ziggy pop, mm-hmm. but not Zig. H i g g y pop. Z z top. That's what I was thinking about. I knew what you were saying, but I was also just going to let it go. Christine and I have had this weird thing recently where we just are, we've bonded on a, like, on a telepathic level. It's alarming a little bit. Where she could say something entirely wrong, like Ziggy Pop. And I totally knew she meant ZZ Pop and just rolled with it. And ZZ Top. 
see whatever <laughs> christine and i yesterday i swear there was like two or three different instances where i pretty weird didn't even say anything at all and she was like oh yeah that's what you're talking about like i literally made a shape with my hands oh yeah that's the best one i made a shape with my hands and then like a little dance with my hands because i was trying to describe something that i didn't i didn't know how to say it out loud and she's like oh yeah a portfolio folder with string and i was like <laughs> yeah how did you fucking know that but like that's been happening so recently got, lately weirdly enough i got the image of what you're talking about in my head it's because we see each other way too much it's really it's really but crazy. it's becoming very weird where i i feel like probably half of our have you ever thought about that that half of our conversations are probably totally contorted and twisted and maybe we're not actually using the right words but you and i just read each other so Whoa. well that maybe we're reading through the bullshit or like an outsider would be like i don't know what's going on maybe if we listen back to this podcast it'll actually we'll be saying totally different words and we don't even know it right now because we just get each other oh my god everyone's like everyone's like their their own language it's just fascinating it's a cultural study <laughs> okay anyway the story is called the enfield poltergeist i've heard of this i know you have it's a good one you're gonna like this one everyone that knows about it is freaking out in their cars right now or in their office don't crash don't crash and don't get fired don't spill your coffee and don't do that snort laugh that you guys tweet about don't you do that you'll get caught be quiet play De it cool look Debra. look just debbie we all know you're the one making the weirdest faces right now trying to hide your laughs stop screwing your face up like that look look cool look cool look look, look the boss is coming the boss is coming play cool play cool play cool oh nice blazer <laughs> tell him his tie looks nice tell him his tie looks nice no don't do that debbie <laughs> okay don't listen to him so the end field poltergeist is the um poltergeist that was in the conjuring 2 oh the conjuring too let me check i i mean we know someone's gonna tell me i was wrong Hang that's on. not why i know it i don't know why i know it though it's one of the most popular poltergeist stories maybe that's why yeah okay it is the conjuring too good to know good to know for me as i should have already known that okay <laughs> what this is going really on well. the fly on the fly <laughs> this is called improv this is what happens when i didn't even do notes for this one because someone told me to just trust them so morgan if i fuck up i'm just gonna have all my questions forwarded to you morgan you screwed she's she's a risk taker is what she is because she's really trusting that i'm gonna make this work we're just gonna do one of those forwards where all our emails go to her instead ready morgan ready you ready for a thousand emails so it starts in 1977, um, and it's in England. Fun fact. Enfield is the area in England that it happened in. Fun. Okay. It starts with a family of five. There's a mother, a single mother, and four kids. Okay. Okay. The woman's name is Peggy. Um, Peggy Hodgson. Okay. And she has four kids, Janet, Margaret, Billy, and Johnny. So... Um, the creepy thing about this is this is one of the most documented poltergeist cases where there is some version of proof. Like there's a lot of pictures, like a lot of people at the time were freaking out about this story. So a lot of journalists and photographers came in. Whoa. So there's relatively great documentation of this. I say relatively because of course all of it could have somehow been fabricated and not real. But if all of it's true, this is one of the best documented cases of poltergeists wow. that we've seen. So Janet was 11, her sister Margaret was 13, her brothers were 7 and 10. 
Also, her 10-year-old brother was away at a boarding school for most of this. So fucking pour one out for him because he got to miss a lot of this crap. Yeah. Lucky. So one night in 1977, Peggy, Peggy's the mom. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of names in this story, so I'm just going to keep. Yes, I appreciate that. Yeah. I believe you guys can, like, handle it, but I'm just going to make sure that you guys are on board with me. I'm just so, knows I can't, so. I, I'm used to you not being sober, so I'm used to having to, like, <laughs> go over it a couple times. So uh, Peggy, the mom, one night around, like, 930, she hears a noise coming from one of the bedrooms upstairs, and she tells the daughters, hey, you know, quit it. Don't be making so much noise. You got to go to bed. And they were saying that the noise is actually coming from a chest of drawers near the doorway. No. And so the mom actually ended up right right away witnessing it herself. Oh, boy. So I guess she saw the drawers shuffling by themselves. And then I don't know if she thought it was like a prank or something. Or maybe there was someone else behind, like in it, maybe shaking it. But so she tried to push it back towards where it was. And then she was walking away, and it literally started shuff- shuffling Wait, towards the her. The thing was literally the little like the <gasps> the chest, like out of Alice in Wonderland. It was yeah, walking. it was literally like walking, like waddling. Oh God! And then she was like, "Ha ha ha!" Like you guys are clearly pulling some sort of prank that I'm not getting, and tried to push it back. Then the third time, it was waddling behind her again, and she turned around to shove it, and this time it wouldn't move. Like it had turned into like heavy stone, and there was no way she could shove it on her own, as if some sort of quote invisible force was stopping it. The notion of like a piece of furniture like shuffling toward you—that gave me chills. The notion of it shuffling and then all of a sudden deciding on its own free will that it can't move anymore, like it's now done. It was able to literally lift itself, and now you can't move it with all your might. That's the part that freaks me out so immediately this mom was like fuck that brings the kids across the street to the neighbors the neighbors are called the nottinghams of course they are so the husband of the nottinghams he goes over to the house to like double check like make sure no one's in there which by the way like i get the stereotype is like men should be brave and strong but like that still takes fucking guts. Like, I don't care if you're a big, strong man, like you're going to go protect people, like walking into a house where apparently some creepy shit is happening by yourself. Bravo to this guy. But I also feel like most people would be like, you're just imagining things like nothing's there. You know, what that I mean? will never be me. I mean, I know it's not you, but I feel like most people, if you're like the furniture was walking toward me, I just need to. Here's the thing. When I go into the future and I live in the future, um, I have to live in a house that is between uh, two houses and on one side of me is a very logical family and the other house is a very spiritual, like heavy believing family. So like depending on my situation, I know who to run to. Like I've got open minded people being like, look, shit is haunted over there. Can I stay with you? But then I can also walk over and be like, hey, like there's something and I'm clearly like just losing it. Can you go check the house without fear that you're going to get possessed because you don't believe in that I'm glad you figured it out okay already. so you're gonna be to my left and then blaze is gonna be to my right <laughs> yeah, blaze and i will each buy a, <laughs> each buy a house i'll just go door. over i'll sleep at you and gia's house and yes. i'll blaze go over blaze and alexander can be on the other side so anyway so mr nottingham goes over to the house um looks around all by himself and even for someone who's not much of a believer he said that there was a knock on the wall that followed him throughout the entire Ew. house and then when he got upstairs where the chest was he actually heard knocking on the ceiling right above him. Oh, God. So there was a knocking that was following him, and he felt the entire time like he was being heavily watched. So then later that night, um, 
they ended up deciding, you know what, let's just call the police just in case. Yeah. So at 1 a.m., two officers show up and they're looking around the house and there's no crime. So they're like, well, there's nothing we can really do. But before they left, one of the police woman, her name was Caroline Heaps, and she literally saw a kitchen chair near a sofa in the living room. Okay. Okay. It began to wobble right in no, front of her. No. So this thing isn't even afraid of authority, like oh, like God. the legal authority. Um, it begins to wobble and then literally slides across the floor towards the kitchen as if it's being pulled, like literally dragging itself. And then I actually, from my like really quick, um, my really quick research, I actually did find a quote from her. Oh my, from this detective? Because this, her, actually she was a constable. I don't know what the fuck that is because. Oh, I, we're in England, right? Yes. But she actually put in a, a legitimate police report about this, like just to have it on file that this Holy did happen. Holy shit. So there's legitimate. Somewhere in the world there is legal documentation. And this wasn't like 200 years ago. Like this was recent. This was in 77. Jesus. So only 40 years ago? That's pretty crazy. P.S. A constable is a peace officer with limited policing authority, typically in a small town. Okay. So, okay. So peace officer... <clears throat> it is the 70s so i mean she probably had a flower crown i'm saying <laughs> she had a badge made of hemp oh always um, and so she actually gave a sworn affidavit confirming that quote a large armchair moved unassisted four <gasps> feet across the floor um she said that it was not a police matter and so there was no way that they could help so this is what she testified so that was a quote from a different article um that i looked into this was her full this is her full testimony. Caroline Heaps testified to the investigation as follows. On Thursday, September 1st, 1977, at approximately 1 a.m., I was on duty in my capacity as a policewoman when I received a radio message to 284 Enfield, or Wood Street Enfield. I went to this address where I found a number of people standing in the living room. I was told by my occupier of this house, by the occupier of this house, that strange things had been happening during the last few hours and that they believed that the house was haunted. Myself and another PC entered the living room of the house and the occupier switched off the lights. Almost immediately, I heard the sound of knocking on the wall that backs uh. into the next door neighbor's house. Uh. There were four distinct taps on the wall and then silence. About two minutes later, I heard more tapping, but this time it was coming from a different wall. Again, in a distinctive peal of four taps. The PC and the neighbors checked the walls, attic, and pipes, but could find nothing to explain the knockings. The PC and the neighbors all went to the kitchen to check the refrigerator pipes, etc., leaving the family and myself in the living room. The lights in the living room were switched off again, and within a few minutes, the eldest son pointed to a chair, which was standing next to the sofa. I looked at the chair and noticed that it was wobbling slightly from side to side. I then saw the chair slide across the floor towards the kitchen wall. It moved approximately three to four feet and came to rest. Uh. At no time did it appear to leave the floor. I checked the chair, but I could find nothing to explain how it moved. The lights were switched back on. Nothing else happened that night, although we have re later reports of disturbances at this address. What the hell? So that is real, guys. Just to hear like an actual legitimate... Like a police officer, because yeah. you always think in horror movies, like, oh, call the cops. And then this is like actually a cop that believes you. And she's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And she's like, look, there's nothing I can do at this point. So anyway, are you good? Just turning up the volume on my heated blanket. Oh, must be fucking nice. I'm free. Hey, you have your gravity blanket that you were supposed to bring. 
I was supposed to, it's you on said, my bed where it's supposed to be. I mean, you told me you wanted to record with it every week, so I You're didn't, right. I need a second one, guys. I didn't pre- de- <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so after that happened, um, another couple nights of strange shit started happening, and so they didn't know what to do. Clearly, the cops weren't going to help, and the cops literally said, there's nothing we can do. Um, so they ended up calling the Daily Mirror, hoping that they could somehow help either find them a journalist or find them an investigator or something along those lines. So a reporter named Douglas and a photographer named Graham, um, they became like regular people that were at the house throughout this entire thing. The Hodgsons were um, next door uh, at the Nottinghams, their neighbors. Uh, they were staying with their neighbors when the journalist showed up and looked around but they didn't really feel anything unusual. They didn't see anything unusual. The whole house was empty. Nothing was going on. So they decided they were going to leave at 2.30 in the morning. And they told the family, hey, it's all clear. You can go into your house. Like, as far as we know, there's nothing going on. The second that the family walked into the house, marbles and <laughs> Lego pieces from, like, the toys scattered around the house were being hurled no. at the entire family and the journalist and the reporter. Why do they do this with toys? It's so creepy. Both men witnessed all of these objects getting flown at them by no one, like oh. just shooting out of the room. And they had just been in there, right? Yeah. Ugh. And one of them was hit in the head by a Lego brick, which I think is hysterical that literally like bullets of Legos are getting shot at people. And he gets one Lego brick to the head, and that's the thing that got mentioned in this fucking story. I was about to say, do you think it's... it's, so dramatic. I mean, do you think it's worse? I already know the answer in my mind, but do you think it's worse to get pelted in the face with the Lego or to, like... Step on a Lego. Step on them in the dark. Always step on a Lego. Like, they should stop complaining. That's... Hell's carpet is made of Legos. Yes, thank you. Um, so... (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) The red carpet into hell. You know, Satan just wakes up every morning and, you know, really gets his feet deep into the Lego pieces on the ground. Oh, yuck. So, anyway, after that, a senior reporter also became attached to the story. His name was George, and he visited the house. um, And he also brought another photographer named David. And this story was already blowing up like wildfire. And the Society for Psychical Research um, ended up heavily getting involved. Okay. They ended up having a new investigator recently join them, and his name was Maurice Gross. Maurice Gross was a big guy in the story. Um, we got a okay, so we got I a, know. Maurice, a Douglas, uh, a David. Um, so far, I'm telling you to remember the Hodgsons, which is the main family, mm-hmm. Peggy and her kids, and then the neighbors because they have been very helpful the so Nottinghams. far. Nottinghams, the Nottinghams, and Maurice Gross is so far the most important of these investigators. What were the two journalists again? Douglas and Douglas and Grant? No. Graham. Graham. That I mean, honestly, every time I hear you mention Douglas and Graham showing up, I, I don't know why, but I just can't not picture them as like Neve from Catfish with his like Oh and Max. Min Max just like showing up like Actually this is a whole episode of MTV. <laughs> this is Catfish from MTV. Yes. You're, Actually the Nottingham's just set this whole up. Uh, but doesn't it seem, I don't know. In no, my it does. Head, it does. Uh, in my head, they're like, we're checking out the scene. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what and it then, sounds like. Uh, actually, Max gets pelted with a Lego and they're like, did you see that? 
We got pelted with. It a sounds Lego. like you're talking a lot about Zach. Zach Bag. I can't get it's, him. It's he would absolutely um, get hit with one Lego brick and like make a whole episode out of it. He would rip his his. He'd be, Why did you do he that? He would rip his acid washed jeans right off and <laughs> Hulk out. He's the guy who would piss off the ghost and then get one Lego, Lego to the face and then have a hissy fit. Oh man. Okay. Come at me, bro. So Maurice. Um, he, what became like the lead investigator of all this. All right. Um, so he has a quote, the first visit to his, to the house, the first visit he was quoted saying afterwards, I found chaos. The whole family was congregated in the house together with the neighbors next door. And there was a lot of very, very frightened people there. Um, he also told Peggy that she should probably just keep a diary of everything going on because, someone had to that's what my therapist told me oh cool actually maurice <laughs> is your therapist and you're peggy so also we're in london <gasps> also we're friends with neve from catfish it's his dream come true oh right that's my dream um <laughs> to you know hang out with neve in hell's carpet <laughs> so maurice actually like within the next few days was already back because more shit was already happening sure. so at 1 15 on uh one morning they all witnessed a loud crash coming from the girl's bedroom. Apparently oh. all the kids were asleep, but the mom was freaking the fuck out. That's so scary from your kid's bedroom. I know. I know. I know. Let's not even think about it. I don't mm. even have kids and I'm scared. So imagine being a parent. No. Ugh. So this is why parents, you made a mistake. You could have just ran out of the house, but now you've got fucking baggage. You got to drag out of the bed. Anyway, says M who's like, I want kids so fucking bad. Let's just Allison. I'm sorry for the fucking psychosis you have to date okay think of all the legos Ooh, allison we're not having kids legos are the best birth control (laughs) (laughs) so they're hell's carpet and birth control anyway i don't know what i'm saying um anyway so maurice showed up at 115 and everyone heard a loud crash coming from the girl's bedroom where they were sleeping they ran upstairs found the two girls still asleep like they hadn't even heard anything and the chair in their room had been, was sitting upside down. Ugh. Um, and it was one of Wait, those... the girls hadn't heard anything? Like, the girls slept <gasps> through it. Like, it didn't want them to hear. Whoa. It's like it wanted the people that to were awake up. to hear. It's like enticing them to the Fuck. bedroom. And then the chair was upside down. Ugh. What is it with the furniture, man? I don't like it. It's just so... I don't know why. It's just so warped. It's like something... It's so twisted. It's... Yeah, it's like something that we just grew up thinking like this doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. So when it does happen, it's so weird. It's so out of the ordinary. So uh, when that happened, Maurice decided to sign on officially for the entire investigation. <laughs> it's like I'm in. Meanwhile, I would have been like, oh, that's my ticket out of here. Bye. Fuck yes. <laughs> um, so anyway, the story became like front page news um, and the Daily Mirror, which had all the reporters coming in and out. Right. They were the people that got to break the story. And they described that the family was living in fear of strange goings on. Sure. I would have fucking said ongoings, but whatever. No, goings on. Ongoings is not a word. I'm not saying I'm like better than them. I'm just saying how I would have ignorantly done it. Um, <laughs> better. <laughs> uh, so that evening, Peggy also showed up on a uh, London radio station and she talked about it for the first time. And that was the beginning of like everyone knowing about it. So BBC radio was involved. Oh, shit. Um, they ended up also having another journalist come in who said that, um, not only did she like come into the show, but like literally came into their house to do more investigations. 
She witnessed a chair move and shake, and then she watched a bed move and shake by itself. Mm-mm. And she also um, interviewed everyone in the house. And there's a lot of interview footage. There's actually also like documentaries, mockumentaries, movies. Like, like you can find so much about. Like even the kids were interviewed. Um, it's a wild ride. Jeez. So then this is another guy that you have to know. And it's easy to remember this guy's name because his name is Guy. Guy <laughs> <laughs> Guy Playfair. Um, although Whoa, he, what a name. I know. Um, so his first visit to the house, he was also another investigator. Like he was part of like that whole community. Um, he was part of a, like that whole research group. And he was also an author and he had written a bunch of paranormal books. He also wrote another book about the Enfield poltergeist. Um and after he he actually it was funny he wanted to take a break like he wanted to take a vacation after like investigating and writing books about ghosts and he was like i'm gonna like give myself a minute and then they were like you have to go check out this house and he was like okay it's like out of a movie like <clears throat> i know finally i'm free from all my and it's like oh they just keep reeling me back in duty calls so guy made his first appearance to the house that night Mm-hmm. And it was the first of 180 visits to the house. Holy Which in crap. 25 of those nights were all night vigils. No. Yeah. So the family, like, I guess also wasn't just staying with their neighbors. They were also staying with Peggy's brother, John. So they were staying at that house for a while. And so she, it was Peggy's brother, John, and John's wife. Okay. Um... At one point, and this isn't just next door. This is like on another part of town. Let's remember that. Um, they say we were staying at her brother's house and the wife was making tea. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a child's toy appeared in front of her face, like huh? in midair, just like blink, just was there like genied out of nowhere. Was it a Furby? Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> wow. That is the hell's. That is that is that is the hell's. Uh. That is the hell's nightstand. Decor. <laughs> um, sitting amongst the, the mountain of Lego pieces. Um, so a child's toy appeared in front of her face and literally dropped to the counter right in front of her. No. Um, so that's like proof that it wasn't just uh, like it wasn't just in their house. Like it was following. Them. So was it Peggy or was it? It was his wife. It was John's wife. John's wife. Okay. She was just making tea. So While the family had... was in the house, and then shit started happening to in the her, house. that's awful. Also, I want to make a correction. Apparently, I, I said the address already was 284 Wood Street, and apparently that's the, um, like, the the protected name. Oh, 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 oh. But it's actually Green Street. Well, so you're giving the unprotected name? I think it's just been so long, and they don't live there anymore, so it's, like, safe to say. Oh, so at the time, they gave it, like, a... Like, yeah, and, okay. like, the original stories was called Wood Street or something like that. Oh, got you. But I I do remember it saying Green Street, so I just want to correct myself before other people do it for me. Uh, the BBC radio team visited again, and this time they had tape recorders, they had like millimeters and all sorts of ghost equipment, like right. just to try and see what they could find. And at one point, they were taking like a tape recorder to every single room, and this is the first footage they have where they were able to get thirty um, ta- like taps in a row, and like against the wall like 30 intelligent taps like responding to things yeah so like they would just hear like oh god just the oh geo's barking and why would you do that i i forgot his ears are better than ours 
Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So, so much stuff was going on and not only just like the paranormal stuff, but like the media was always around. And apparently if you listen to the interviews, um, I know that they had said that it was just so chaotic that year where the door was always open because it was just like a revolving door of media people coming in and taking pictures and mediums and psychics and photographers and reporters. Like it was just like everyone was always in that house. So it was like really wearing on the kids. And so they ended up deciding to go on a vacation like just go get away for a week good idea while they were gone while they were gone maurice who's the main investigator on this right um he decided he was going to stay in the house while they were gone just to see what he could get on his own without the kids around right he decided that he was going to have a some sort of communication with them and he decided to do it with Knox since Knox seemed to be the most prevalent way that this thing was communicating makes sense And he started off by trying to ask, like, simple math questions. That way he could guarantee, like, he wasn't getting, like, a random knock. So he'd be like, what's 5 plus 5? And then wait for 10 whole knocks in a row. What if he was like, what's 38 times (laughs) 11,000? Well, then he is much smarter than me. (laughs) I I don't know. Or not, because then he has to listen to, like, 
or not 800,000 knocks yeah I meant smarter than like oh he can do math really fucking well oh yeah 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 but then imagine if all of a sudden he just heard like 27,000 like <laughs> oh no <laughs> so um <laughs> that would be a distinct sign that there was something there I think <laughs> um so anyway so he did a, a couple series of number questions just so he could confirm that you know it was some sort of intelligent mm-hmm. response and then he said okay do one knock for no two knocks for yes and he asked um did you die in this house and he got a yes and then uh so questions like that kind of kept going around and then eventually he only got a response for like you know, how it's like either one knock or two knocks for no or yes yeah after a series of questions eventually the ghost just started answering with three knocks okay which isn't one of the options and so maurice was like are you trying to like play a trick on me are you trying to like have a game with me like do you think this is funny and instead of a knock a full box a cardboard box full of cushions flew two meters into the air and then hit him in the face so like just fuck you i guess like haha uh, but a box of cushions i'm glad it was at like, least it wasn't like a box of nail guns a box of, like a jesus box of nail guns <laughs> i don't know i was trying to think of something painful but that like, would be indeed very painful oh yeah um so they also invited a psychic into the house um and then they also brought in a couple investigators who brought in magnometers which reads like electromagnetic field every single machine does it seems right um during the psychic going through the house um the pillows from the beds were thrown at them from two different rooms and each time that that happened uh the equipment would show like huge spikes Mm. that like there was some sort of activity going on oh shit um at 5 a.m one morning janet who's the 11 year old girl yeah and the most important of all the children in this story um janet you know she was obviously scared in this house and a lot of people had said well why don't you just if you think it's trying to say something to you leave a paper and pen out and see if it leaves you a message (laughs) like fucking santa like leave it cookies and see what happens oh my god so she literally left paper and pen all around the house and then literally spoken into existence and said leave me a message um oh how that gives me creeps five minutes later this seems pretty unbelievable to me but five minutes later this this is what this is what this website says and i'm not gonna deny it um five minutes later she found a note that said quote i will stay in this house do not read this to anyone or i will retaliate that sounds too specific to me you think yeah like for what reason it just sounds a little fishy like it's it sounds like if i were a skeptic i could easily play that off as like that's a kid playing a prank that's one of the siblings playing a prank i mean that's one of the investigators really wanting a story covered and like not seeing any proof i mean i feel like no matter what it said it would be easy to like i know but it's so wordy like when we when people do get either the courage or the stupidity to talk to a spirit fair there's always like one or two word answers energy to write a fucking yeah and to write paragraph to write two yeah to write two whole long sentences just seems really taxing like yes. it take a long time yes although it can throw a box of nail guns i mean pillows there it is so who knows you're not wrong so uh so remember the kids are staying in the kids and peggy are both staying at um 
Peggy's brother's house. Mm -hmm. So one day, John, who's Peggy's brother, went into the girl's bedroom to check on his nieces to see that Janet was sleeping on top of a radio, huh? which was on top of a chest of like a drawer, like a, uh, what? Like a clothing chest. So like not in her bed, like, and like a radio. I imagine that's like the size of like a fucking lunchbox or something. Like, like then it was like a microwave or something. Yeah. Imagine like waking up and seeing like a microwave on a dresser and your fucking niece is sleeping on it and not even aware of it. And they're like, well, maybe she was, you know, awake. And like a lot of the skeptics try to say like, oh, the kids were pulling me all these pranks. Right. Somehow. What is she like? 10? Oh, yeah. She's 11 or 12. She's 12 at this point. Okay. And so they were saying like, oh, well, maybe she was pulling a prank. And their excuse for this, though, is that she was having so much trouble sleeping through all this that the doctor that day had prescribed her 10 milligrams of Valium so she could sleep. So she was knocked the fuck out. And she was sleeping on top of a lunchbox microwave radio. <laughs> you know, that. That thing that we all had. Go to Zola and buy me one off my <laughs> registry. <laughs> so, uh, wait, so people say the Valium. Like she should have been unconscious and not able oh, to have climbed up there to pull the prank. I got you. Although. But other people could say sleepwalking. I was going to say, although maybe it affected her sleep and yeah, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Either way, it's fucking creepy as hell. So um, multiple other times, Maurice, the investigator, found Janet asleep under her bed. Um, and according to Maurice, she was completely limp as if she was entirely unconscious and maybe not even alive. Ugh. Apparently, after that, Maurice was like checking in on them a lot more <laughs> and like just being like, OK, are like, you good? Are you alive? <laughs> Wake up. Look alive. Um she so maurice went into the room the next night and janet and her mattress had been thrown across <gasps> the floor what with the mattress on top of janet i said janice i meant janet um with what? the mattress on top of janet and 20 minutes after that the mattress was back on the bed but she was flung into the corner wait like he saw her flung? he like saw the aftermath so, oh, so again skeptics are flung. like she could have set it up to look like what that. a weird but psycho little girl if that's the case if that's the case that's its own story if that's the case so then another medium comes and offers spiritual help and um shows them like examples of things that the psychic has already been able to do with past clients where she got them to like under hypnosis like draw pictures and stuff like that about, oh, okay. like what was going on so they since janet's the one that's been the most affected they decided to try that with her <gasps> and she drew nine different pictures oh, no. all of them featuring elements of blood death and knives she also drew these images while she was semi-conscious and has no memory of drawing oh them. my god oh my god oh my god um so Another night, this is nearing the end of 1977. Okay. So, like, this was, a, this was like, 14 months oh, wow. of hell. Like, this just kept happening for over a year. So, one night, after 1 a.m., Janet was pulled from her bed <gasps> while sleeping. And she was described, like, she wasn't described. She described it herself later in an interview that she felt like she was being pulled by the arm. But what makes this different than all the other times she'd been pulled out of bed, because she'd been pulled out. She was so fucking used She'd to it at this point. She flung onto a microwave. The only, the thing that made this one different is that Maurice saw it happen, watched it happen, and not only did she get thrown from her bed, but before she got thrown out of her bed, her bedroom door opened by itself, and Maurice is watching this. 
the door open by itself, watched her get flung out of her bed, and then an invisible something was dragging her head first <gasps> from her bed bedroom floor through her bedroom door into the hallway and then down the stairs head first. And she slept through the entire thing. Head first? Like was dragging her, like almost like dragging her by the hair. Was she and like, like on her back or was she like standing? No, it was like, dra- it was dragging her. So oh, like imagine like someone's dragging her by her hair and then walking down the stairs and she's like, her body's like following it. So it's like, Did she was Maurice like, not like, he wanted to see what happened, I guess. He was like, <laughs> he was like, this is for science. It's a concussion. <laughs> it's fine. But so she did, and she slept right through it. She was unconscious the whole time. Like it didn't want her to and wake up. And she wasn't unconscious because she smacked she, her she head on the stairs? No. She was sleeping. I imagine she wasn't, I imagine her head was kind of up if something was dragging her by the hair. All right. I mean, none of this makes fucking sense. I don't know why we would even argue that. You and I are on the same team here, first of all. <laughs> so then um, a student physicist named David Roberts also joined Maurice on this investigation and recommended that um, a bunch of physicists were just fucking there, like like doctors, just to make sure she was okay. Especially since she's get, getting I mean, dragged downstairs. it seems like they need some help, yeah. They also... Um, needed physicists because right around this time um the investigators had also started to challenge this thing to start speaking like no more bullshit with the voice like come on enough is already happening like don't piss this thing off like don't poke a bear don't be like here show us more of your powers yeah right so anyway the voices began sure per request and uh it, of course, you decided to use Janet as its ventriloquist dummy. She, poor Janet. She's like, I keep saying Janice. Janet. Janet, like the planet. Yeah, sure. Interplanet Janet. She's a galaxy girl. What is that? Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, God. Um. So at first, like, it started with Janet being doing just, like, whistles and, like, dog-like barks. And so... Also, skeptics like to say, oh, she was 12 years old, going th- about to go through puberty, and she was making a lot of vocal tics. She might have had Tourette's. Oh. So a lot. Of, that's another skeptical thing, which I'm just going to bring up because someone else, someone will email me about it if I don't say it. So I like to pretend it's a ghost. <laughs> um, so then the I think people who listen to this agree with you. You don't need to, like, staunchly defend yourself. I feel like if I stop defending myself, then all of a sudden people will be like, well, what about this? And I just want to cover all my bases. All right. I want, I, we have, I will say we've gotten a couple messages where people are like, how come like you don't ever cover the skeptic side? So here I am. They, the whistles and dog like barks also started turning into like gruff growls, I guess. Ugh. And it was a male voice that was coming out of Janet. And Ugh. as a 12 year old, like, she didn't have like the vocal, no. like the throat capacity to create these sounds. It's one thing to be like barking, but like to be speaking as a man, a- an old man too. Ugh. So the voice sounded like an old man. And then because the physicists were now on board, they were doing all these tests on her to make sure that it wasn't her like faking this. The voice on the, of the ghost speaking through her said his name was Joe Watson. Okay. And there's a whole conversation somewhere in the world caught on tape by Maurice but then Joe left, and then another spirit officially started speaking through Janet regularly. And his name was Bill Wilkins. Bill Bill Wilkins. 
And he apparently was super chatty and made it very clear that he died from a hemorrhage in the house while sitting in a chair in the corner <gasps> of the room. And here's the thing. They bought the house from the county. So it was already furnished with the previous owner's no. furniture. And so Janet, who's 12 years old and did not know the person living there before, would all of a sudden start like waking up in the middle of the night sitting in the chair. No. Oh, my God. The terror. And would point at the chair and say, that's where I had a hemorrhage and died. That's in an old man's fucking voice. Fucking terrifying. Um, and actually, the exact quote. Um, actually, you know how like there's a quote. And then there's the dash and then like who said it? Like when you look at a quote. Oh, yes. The who said it, like the dash and then the name is Spirit of Bill Wilkins. (laughs) (laughs) But the quote is... Uh, How do you put that in MLA format? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the the quote was, I went blind and I had a hemorrhage and I fell asleep and I died on a chair in the corner downstairs. Oh my God. So Coming out of a little girl's mouth. They also found Bill Wilkins' son, and it was confirmed that that Wait, is exactly what happened. So Bill Wilkins was a real person. Bill Wilkins was a real person and had a son. I think his name was Ted. And oh no, no, no! They no, asked no. him without bringing up any information. They were like, "So you had a father? Where? How did he die?" And described the exact same no, story. No, no. So, um, Bill needs to leave this twelve-year-old girl alone. I'm saying. So then December 15th, 1977 was one of the most important days because the girls were sleeping. Um, and one of the physicists, his name was David. Um, he was like, they were just like on 24 hour watch at this point while they were sleeping. All of a sudden, um, David was sitting outside their bedroom with a camera so we could see what was going on inside the room. And all of a sudden objects such as pillows and books started moving around until several objects in the room in unison levitated. No. Uh, one of the things that levitated so high that it also forcefully got thrown upwards out the window was a red cushion, and it landed on the roof of the house. Imagine the arc, like the perfect throw that a ghost had. It went out the window and onto the roof of the house. So like upwards. Like like almost like a half a circle. What? The investigator said that it couldn't have been thrown out the window because the window was hard to open and it would have made a noise that David would have heard. Um, so it, it just kind of just fucking showed up on the roof, like almost went through the roof, kind of like how in that like other story, the window, like, or through. yeah, I don't know. Either went through the window or went straight just through the roof and just showed up there. And then didn't he, you said he, he saw it go through the window or no, he saw everything levitating and then this red one he saw it getting somehow like thrown or more violently handled and then it also ended up on the roof <laughs> so they don't know like the middle part um <laughs> they don't know its journey to the roof well apparently someone else does what because one of the things that the poltergeist did not think about was uh passerbys passersby <gasps> thank you yeah goings on passersby <sighs> you wouldn't say bypassers because that's a different word people walking across the street jaywalkers walkers jay yeah that's the one <laughs> <laughs> um so hadn't taken that into account however there was a woman named hazel who was a in england you'll have to describe this one to me all right like as if i know was a oh, local I thought, you, I thought you were telling me to describe it sorry <laughs> you'll have to describe the name hazel to me right away <laughs> um she was a lollipop lady 
that seems like it sounds like a great fucking job it seems like sexual to me but i don't know oh i was just thinking like an ice cream man but a lollipop lady like just hands candy well, are you around. sure it's a lollipop because they call lolly like an- what does lollipop mean in england guys because a lolly wait what are they i think it means the same thing but an ice lolly is a popsicle oh really yeah okay <laughs> let's google this real quick i need to know i need to know Oh my god, it's a crossing guard. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I'm like it's a I'm like it's a lady of the night. I'm like maybe it's an ice cream man. Oh my god. Okay, so a crossing guard, got it. I for sure thought it was I for sure thought it was like a a sex worker. Oh great. Well, it's not it's a crossing surprise, guard. Surprise surprise guys. We all learned something today. <laughs> So, Hazel England, the lollipop lady. England learned nothing, but we did. If anything, I've learned that if you just call something boring a cooler name, people will be more intrigued. I want to be that now. I literally, when I thought it was a woman who just goes around and gives people candy legally, I thought that... Legally. I was like, that's my that's my new job. Not illegally, though. <clears throat> well, I was thinking, like, someone was like, oh, you want some Not candy like in my van? Pervert, right. Yeah. Uh, so, she... Oh, okay. Proof that I'm reading this on the fucking fly because I read the first half of the sentence. Oh, come on. That said, Hazel, a lollipop lady. She worked on the pedestrian crossing outside of the Hodgson's house. Although then we would have thought she was selling lollipops. Yeah, maybe illegally. Crossing. Illegally. Um, so she, around 11.45 a.m., was returning to work from her lunchtime shift. Also, the, returning from lunch at 11.45 sounds like a sad job oh yeah well if you do like 6 a.m oh good point so really brunch she had a brunch shift she had a brunch um she noticed a red cushion on the roof of the house (laughs) while she was looking up at the house she heard a bang so she was seeing this real time as this was happening oh my god she saw a red cushion and then she was looking up at the house and she heard a bang and saw a book hit the front bedroom window so she saw shit being thrown around in the room (gasps) Um, next she saw a pillow fly across the room quote when i looked up a candy stripe pillow hit the window as well that came after the books and i was i don't know if i was frightened or not just fascinated the windows were still closed then after a little while i saw janet (gasps) so janet also ended up getting thrown around oh janet was being thrown yep and she got that's how it was witnessed because this lollipop lady I like how she specified that it was a candy striped pillow. I know. Sounds that right. Okay. I feel like that she's asking to be seen as the fucking Willy Wonka. Deliberately turning this into a board game called Candyland. Yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, she watched Janet levitate inside the bedroom window <gasps> and described it as if, quote, Janet was going up and down as though someone was just tossing her up and down bodily bodily in a horizontal position (gasps) how sad like as if someone had got hold of her legs and back and just throwing her up and down oh my god this poor girl it's almost like a like you know how you hold kids like flat and you just kind of like throw them in and catch them yeah like like as in a fun way except this is a 12 year old girl like i don't know what you're benching but that's like a a bigger (laughs) child than usual um hazel was not the only witness 
Apparently, there was also a local tradesman that walked by and saw this, and his name was John Rainbow. Could we be making this up? This at is all? a board game. Willy Wonka and the Oompa Loompa <laughs> <laughs> walked down by Hazel the Lollipop Lady and John Rainbow. This is not real. This is this is Alice in Wonderland. This really is. Um, he was also pa- passing the house, and he also saw Janet floating around the bedroom, and even saw her banging against the window. <gasps> um. Hazel That's really scary. Hazel also said, quote, I don't know if there's a bed underneath that window. I definitely saw her come up about window height, but I thought if she was bouncing, she would bounce back from her feet. She wouldn't be able to get enough power to bounce off her back to come up that high again. But she oh was definitely laying horizontally, oh coming up and God. down multiple times. How scary. So after that, they decided to bring another uh, psychic slash healer slash paranormal author i'm sure um into the house and his name was matthew and he decided to bring some equipment with him as well like a microphone and tape recorders and all that uh spoke to bill who is the voice coming through janet by the way so we sat down and had an interview with bill Bill wilkins bill wilkins um and talked to him and then watched the microphone fall and break itself and so he went for his backup tape recorder but it was all of a sudden missing and he walked around all day couldn't find it wherever he looked true to form several of us have experienced this with spirits Mm -hmm. later that day as he was about to leave he heard a crash from upstairs where he had not been and found the chest of drawers that was originally moving at the beginning of this story Uh-oh. had been pushed over. And the only thing that had fallen out of the dressers was his tape recorder. Yikes. Yikes. So this is where uh, another um, series of skeptics believe that Janet was faking things. So w- another paranormal researcher was in the house and he caught Janet sneaking out of bed and peering down the stairs as if she was making sure the coast was clear to like plan a stunt. Oh. And uh so a couple of people believe that this is an obvious sign that she was trying to she trick was just everyone. Looking down the stairs. True, but even Janet herself now cuz she still gets interviewed about this. Oh my. Um actually a couple years ago was the uh Anna 40th anniversary of the hauntings and so they actually went back to the house with <gasps> the Warrens with Lorraine Warren. Yeah, sure. And um and walked around and had an interview. But she did say that a couple times her and her sister would pull pranks on the paranormal researchers just because they were kids and fucking scared and trying to be kids. And then, but then people yeah. would mistake them for them trying to like plan all these fucking hoaxes. So they were just like playing around. They were just like trying to save like a sliver of childhood left. And yeah. they're like, well, you know, when you know people were walking in and out all the time and we needed to entertain ourselves we would just like try to pull pranks like any other kid would but people kept telling us that they weren't pranks they were us trying to trick them that none of this was really happening but so the she but skeptics will like feed off that and be like everything was a prank so she maintains that like she says the big stuff actually happened she says the big stuff happened and she said that there were a couple times that they tried to pull pranks but every time before they were ever to pull a prank because there were so many people in the house someone always caught them so they never even pulled one right um she says that anytime something like paranormal or supernatural happened in this house she says quote two percent 
of 100% of all this horrible stuff that happened was fake. Like 2% of it was like either an exaggeration or it was fabricated in the news or wow. it was a prank that kind of almost happened, but then we got caught. So it didn't really happen. 2%. 2%. So she says 98% of all this is totally real. And the rest was fabricated by the uh. news. Um, two days before Christmas, yeehaw. Um, <laughs> the family woke up and found their two pet goldfish had mysteriously died during the night. No, don't kill the pets. When talking to Bill, the voice said, I'd done that. Oh, adding that he electrocuted the fish <gasps> with spirit energy. What the fuck? What does that mean? What does it mean? Don't I don't want to find out. On the same day, Maurice filled Janet's because everyone was saying she's pranking you. She's pranking you. She's like using her own voice to make this old man voice. She's spiritually electrocuting the fish. So, to prove otherwise, Maurice filled Janet's mouth with water and taped it shut. (gasps) I'm sorry. And then asked Bill to repeat the same phrases he had just said. um, And then other notorious ones that he apparently had been saying throughout their conversations, such as bottle of beer. Because apparently he would say, like, I want a bottle of beer. (laughs) I don't know. Janet's just like, no. We all know your ghost would say, give me a glass of wine, so. <laughs> you know it's Janet just pranking them, like, no, I just really want a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Please give me a beer. I'm an old man, see? I'm, I'm old. I'm old enough. <laughs> I'm not 12. But apparently, um, the water and tape in her mouth didn't at all affect the voice's <gasps> clarity, and you could still fucking hear her talking. Oh, God. With tape, a taped mouth, so her lips should not be moving, and water, and a voice should not be happening. And there was no gargle or anything. You could straight up fucking hear a voice talking right through it. That's wild. Anyway. Also, I do want to say, because I I also heard about this, so I wanted to look into it. A physicist uh, tried an experiment on Janet with something called a laryngograph. Laryngograph? And it indicates, um, like, I'm just going to read this straight out of my notes Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to pretend I'm a fucking scientist or blaze. Um... (laughs) It indicates an effect known as plica, plica ventricularis, ventricularis, which is um, muscle tension in the throat, which can produce sounds independent of the vocal cords. Oh. So they were thinking like, okay, maybe she fucking cracked that code at 11 years old. Right. So, um, however, like for people where this happens, where they're able to create sounds like false sounds without using their vocal cords. When that does happen, there are severe side effects within six months or within six weeks. Sorry. Within six weeks of it happening. And Janet never exhibited any of those signs. Side effects. Like, I guess, like really hoarse voice. Oh, like, like you're, injury Like your... you're bruising your own throat. From, and she never, like, they never saw anything. And then also a ventriloquist said that the voice was being produced via the diaphragm or by, quote, false vocal cords, which who knows what that fucking means. But it was disputed um, to a point where Maurice was so convinced that that was not the case. He offered what is 500 euro? Mm-hmm. Euro or pound? What's the sign? Oh. What's the, the, it looks like a fancy In L England, with a line. it's pounds. Okay. Um, he offered 500 originally and then later 1,000 to um, a nominated charity. If any child could replicate the voice under the terms that he had specified and nobody either took up the offer or tried. So it's just like proof of like, okay, it's, we believe that that this is not her real voice. Holy shit. So I don't know what a budgie is, but it's an animal apparently. 
<laughs> Apparently, from what I'm seeing, Christmas Day, the Hodgson family woke up and their pet Budgie had passed away in the middle of the night. But Bill says this was not him. He, like, it was not his responsibility. But later that day, Christmas Day, Janet was sitting in the living room by the window and one of the curtains wrapped itself around her neck <gasps> in front of the whole family. Uh -huh. And apparently that happened a total of eight times during this whole situation. Take the curtains down. <laughs> right. So, of course, next up is Peggy's birthday. And on the evening of her birthday, um, Margaret, the other daughter, walked into the bed into the bathroom to find the word shit smeared on the wall in shit. No, I was afraid you would say that. While Peggy's birthday um, on Peggy's birthday. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday. Oh, poor thing. So uh, she also saw an apparition that night for the first time and while she was going down the stairs or while she was going upstairs. She saw an apparition of the bottom half of a man's trousers. <gasps> and as I went to look up, I got a very quick glimpse and it faded completely. The trousers were the type my dad would have worn, the turnover style he used to wear in 1945. Oh, creepy. So old ass pants. And then before she could get like beyond the pants, they already disappeared. I looked up a budgie. I think it's type of bird, like a parakeet. Oh, okay. Why is he killing their animals? Because it can. I don't know. It's really mean. Another message was in the bathroom, too. But this time it was using strips of tape that belonged to David Robertson with the rest of his production materials. Like equipment. But he had lost the tape prior. Ugh. And the tape read out, I am Fred. What? So who the fuck is Fred? I can't wait to find that out. So Guy and Maurice concluded that this couldn't have been fake because the girls... Um, because the children were on such severe 24-hour watch, someone would have seen them do it. And the t the sentence was made with, like, over 20 individual pieces of tape. And it would have taken too long for Holy someone to not notice. Shit. So next up, BBC Radio comes back to the house to see what's going on. And Janet's sister is also starting to speak like Bill Wilkins. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Margaret's version of the voice lacked the intensity and duration of Janet's. Fun fact for all of us. Interesting. Then BBC Scotland shows up because why not make this intercontinental? Come on. Um, the crew actually got footage this time, which showed the poltergeist speaking through Janet. And I will say this is a fucking creepy Ew, interview. You watched it. I, I didn't watch it when I thought I was going to cover this, but I have seen this in the past and it's creepy because she just smiles the whole no, time. No, no, no. She's smiling the whole time and just speaks through a different voice. No. And, like, she switches in and out. And, like, she explains. I remember them saying, like, are you saying this or do you feel like you're just, like, being compelled? And she says she feels like she's a puppet and she can feel, like, a hand on the back of her neck forcing her to say things. Should I put it in here? Should I, like, play it? Sure. Okay, I'm going to try and play it here. So get ready for your ears to be scared. Go. I want you to tell me whether you remember what happened to you when you died. Just before you died and just after you died. Days before I died, I died. I went blind. Then I had a language and I fell asleep and I died in a chair in the corner downstairs. 
Oh, God, I know I'm going to be editing at, like, 2 a.m. and have to watch that. Oh, God. So, at this point, Maurice uh, decided to leave the family alone and give them some space, although that is the opposite of what I would fucking want, (laughs) and said, hey, Peggy, like, just keep a diary, just, like, write any instance of anything paranormal going on, and he came back only a couple days later, and she had logged 155 incidences and that apparitions in human forms were beginning to become more and more frequent throughout the house. They need to do something. There was also an incident where, <laughs> I'm sorry, there were multiple incidences where uh, there were several spontaneous outbreaks of fire that no! then put themselves out. Ugh. So shit is just now igniting on fire. So then Ed and Lorraine Warren come in, my homies. They're just like, we got this. They're like, hang in there, buckle the fuck up. However... This is the first time I've ever seen any poor reviews about them because apparently they showed up uninvited and two Maurice was like, we're basically just here because we're going to make money off of this case. What? And they were only there for a day. They didn't come in to help. So that's fucking rude. So that's a huge, um, uh, what do you say? Uh, in the movie, the conjuring Two, the Warrens seem to be like the main characters. Oh, I didn't even know they were in that movie. Okay. Um, so basically that's like a huge, like difference between reality and the movie that like, they weren't actually very involved. They were only there for a day and then claimed to only be there for the money. Oh, okay. Or that they could like make money off of it by writing a book about it or something. Okay. Um, well that's kind of shitty of them. Yeah. Super disappointed. Apparently like in, in their following notes and all that later lorraine and ed say that they were keeping up with the story from america and just weren't able to get to london Mm -hmm. so that was kind of their defense so like oh we can only be there for a day because of like how traveling all worked out but who who knows what the truth about that is interesting so uh i guess now the kids this is at this point this is may 1978 and this all ended in uh i think like in that august okay so we're we're nearing the end guys but then like i guess now they're trying to like hang out outside of the house they're hanging out like outside like in their little yard and the sisters janet and margaret were out in their garden and arguing with the children next door when all of a sudden they a bunch of like like handfuls of stones were getting thrown over the fence at them Ugh. And so the girls thought that they were coming from the neighborhood kids that they were fighting with. But then the neighbor across, this is the creepy part. The neighbor then comes around into the, their yard. There weren't any kids that they were arguing with. He was the one out there. It was a grown adult, not children that they were talking to. And he said he was pissed because they were throwing stones at him. When they weren't. Someone else that sounded like children on the other side of the fence were throwing stones at them. But then it was actually no one was there. And a grown man in his yard came into their yard and was like, why are you throwing stones at me? So he thought they were coming the other way. Yeah. Oh, God. What the fuck? Um, uh, And the girls also say that the stones slowly turned from stones into like bricks and rocks. Like much bigger ones like meant to hurt them. (laughs) No. But like an invisible force sounded like children arguing with them and throwing rocks at them and then someone came around and was like there's nobody in my yard and why are you throwing rocks throwing at me bricks at me <laughs> yep um so apparently the warrens claim to have come back from what i've read though they only showed up one time so maybe this is two different instances or maybe it's one instance and they're calling it two okay but basically it's um 
these notes are saying that after the Warrens visited, it was decided that Janet needed to get out of there and was sent to go live in a home run by nuns. Probably smart, I think. How was that not the next move you did? <laughs> my God. Also, um, I, I will say before I forget, in some of my notes um, that I did prior, uh, Janet and Margaret both confirm 100% that weeks before any of this stuff started happening, guess what they were doing? No. They were playing with a fucking Ouija no, board. No, they weren't. So, open a door, let strangers in. Um, actually, that really scares me. So there that is. Okay. Um, so, uh, I haven't talked about him for a while, but the guy that was um, following Maurice around, whose name was Guy, he was able to arrange for Janet to be admitted to an institute of neuropsychology. Oh, my And states in his book that this was the first time Janet had ever crossed the river into South London, fun fact. Oh, well, that changes everything. Um, She went through a whole bunch of testing and therapy. And when she was visited at the hospital, there were no unusual incidences going on. And she seemed to be in good good health. So when they asked her, like, why do you think that there's no unusual activity happening here... She said, the power can't build up because there's no one else to help build it up. <gasps> Which is very creepy. Oh, the, what like, does she, she mean? I guess she, like... I'll read it again. The power can't build up because there's no one else to help build it up. So maybe, like, she was, like, too much of a believer where, like, she was almost enabling it to happen. But it I doesn't know. sound like her, right? Because she's still there at the hospital. She probably means other people, right? I know, but maybe she's, like, not, like, maybe, like, the thing is still in the house, but nobody else is, like, vulnerable enough for it to feed oh, off Oh, I understand of. what you're saying. It can't build up Because the there's house. nobody else oh, there to be the one that helps build it understood. up. Understood. Yeah. Um, Yuck. So, six weeks later, she comes home, and she's, like, they gave her, like, clean bill of health, and within a half an hour... No. She saw a figure in the kitchen that looked like a little boy. No. Bye, girl. You're back with the nuns. Is this like a portal or something? Um, a friend of Guy's recommended another medium. Can you believe it? Oh, and Guy said he wasn't sure, um, like, if he should even come over. Because at this point, like, what's helping? Jesus, it's getting worse. Um, and also, this one couldn't even speak English. So anyway, they decided to give him a shot. They were like, okay, you can't speak English. You can't. You're at this point who cares well like we can't understand anything you're doing who knows like how you're helping or how you're healing or whatever but by all means like we've tried everything else like just come in and so this was actually october okay of 1978 and he uh guy now says in interviews there was no sort of ceremony performed so we have no idea what he did but he went up to the bedroom on his own came down later and, and implied that that was it what and after he left things definitely calmed down wow so whatever this and he was dutch what was his name his name was don't make me do this is fucking dutch the dutch names are great dono gemilig mailing perfect <laughs> so everyone can be mad at me now perfect so despite the fact that the house had calmed down one newspaper ran a follow-up piece um and the starting line was for more than a year now strange and seemingly seemingly inexplicable events have taken place in a house in enfield and middlesex the family who lives there and many other people besides them believe that what's happening is caused by a poltergeist so this stuff was still going on holy shit 
So um, even though this was like things had died down, investigators were still coming and there were still 13 hours of audio that had been captured, including um, like footage of things being levitated, um, the camera itself levitating. So like there's like it looks like you're flying when you look at the screen. Um, There's also reported witnesses seeing rocks appear from nowhere and uh, quote spontaneous removal of the wallpaper in the kitchen. Like it just it literally just tears itself down apparently. So, but anyway, so since the Dutch media, medium came in, um, it definitely died down, and there were only a few isolated incidences after all the investigators left. But the thought is like they just the investigators' energy kept coming in. But once oh. they slowly started trickling out, when the story started dying down, then all the wow energy also started dying down. Wow. Janet said that after all these all this quiet down. Um, it never actually truly stopped until the family actually left the house, but the family didn't leave the house until Peggy died of assuming old age, but like she died years and years later. And then her brother, Johnny stayed there or Johnny or Billy, one of the brothers stayed there after the mom died. And he even says like that place was still haunted after she left. Like you can still feel like, daggers at you in the middle of the night um and then another family after they moved out after the hodgson's were gone another family moved in and within like two weeks they were already out of that fucking house because that was also a single mother of four children no and each of her sons within the first like two months of living there had all had experiences of men random men walking into their bedrooms in the middle of the night and shaking their beds until they woke up (gasps) holy fuck that's terrifying and the mom was like fuck that and left all of them experienced that all of them experienced it in different times seeing a black shadow man walk over to their bed and shake their bed until they were upright and awake that is traumatizing so the house is currently occupied by another family who do not wish to be identified and the mom why not (laughs) and the mom says quote i've got children they don't know about it i don't want to scare them (laughs) good mom good call um and i just want to add like in my notes the freakiest i just wrote a list of some of the freakier things that um Mm -hmm. happened in that house and i mean there's nothing freakier than like the levitating and all that shit also there is a famous picture if you look if you just type in enfield poltergeist on google you'll see a picture of what looks like janet jumping off of her bed because that's what our brains would tell us is what's happening in that picture. Uh, but it's actually a still that a camera got of her midair being thrown out of her bed. <laughs> so it looks like she's jumping off the bed, but that's actually her getting thrown out of the bed. Oh, no. I like all the old posters. I know. There's also a bunch of pictures that apparently were taken second by second. And you can actually see it looks like a still right now because it's only one picture. But if you see them in sync, apparently you also see like the curtains all like flapping on their own and a pillow like twisting itself in the background. I don't like that. Super creepy stuff. So there were also, um, I mean, a bunch of random stuff like people, things were getting thrown around door chimes in a still room would like move by themselves. Things would appear in different areas. Small fires would start and extinguish themselves. Jeez. Um, all that. But the thing that just really freaked me out, it was such a little thing. But someone, uh, I'm sure I'm sure by someone, I mean like multiple investigators, but saw um, on the same night that the Legos were getting yeah. pelted at them, there were also a bunch of marbles that were getting thrown at them. But whenever the marbles would hit the ground, they would land without rolling. 
Ew. So they would just stop. Literally just thunk. <laughs> anyway, but I know that was a long one, guys. Usually I'm able to like prep my notes, but it just seemed too good to be true for someone to be like, I want you to read this live. So thank you, Morgan. Morgan, get out of here. This is creeping me the hell out. Look at this, Em. Ugh. Creepy. <laughs> All right. <sighs> okay. You ready? Oh, yeah. Ready for something else? Do it. This is the story of the mixed day family murder. Mixed day? or Mi- Mixed day. Mixed, like a McDonald's offering a stay. Yes. A mixed day. It's okay. like Airbnb sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> Actually, that is exactly what that is. Trademark. It's a mixed day. Don't. Anybody, I'm loving it. It's ours. That would be how you'd like rank it at the end. Don't If you had a good it. time. Cool. I'm borrowing your charger. That's fine. The mixed day family murder. Cool. I'm ready. I thought you were going to say something. No. I was just trying to think of like how you would like you like if it was a mixed day, but you didn't enjoy it. Would you like McLeave? You'd like. But then um, I. I don't know. There's so many, we could get really creative with it, and we probably just don't have the time. And everyone's going to be like, you missed all the great puns. Ugh. Going to feel terrible about ourselves. Don't even put this in. (sighs) Okay. The McStay family. Let's see. We've got Joseph McStay, age 40. His wife, Summer, age 43. Their children, Gianni, not to be confused with my son, Giovanni. (laughs) Gianni was age four. And Joseph Jr., age three. So, Joseph, the dad, managed a company that built uh, decorative fountains. Me too. Me too. <laughs> it, made of, it actually pours out wine and only wine, actually. Just wine. Just wine and then one for ice cream. And we just build decorative. We build one for us and that's all. Maybe he can build you the wine fountain for your wedding. Maybe. Um, so, right. So, he built fountains and summer his wife was a licensed real estate agent so they had recently bought a new house in fallbrook california okay and were working on renovating it um on february 9th 2010 joseph's father patrick received an email from his son joseph's business partner saying that he hadn't heard from him recently so oh uh, <laughs> moment of silence yeah so his family and friends grew concerned um when they were unable to reach them on february 15th joseph's brother mike uh climbed into an open window at their house uh to see what was going on because they wouldn't answer the door or their phone and they didn't find his brother or his brother's family uh they didn't then the police were you know they called the police the police did a search of the home Police found no evidence of a struggle or foul play, but there were indications of a quick departure, including a carton of raw eggs that had been left out on the counter. Oh, no. Two child-sized bowls of popcorn full sitting on the sofa Mm. in front of the TV and paint cans in the kitchen, which was being renovated. Uh, The family's two beloved dogs, Bear and Digger, had been left behind in the backyard (gasps) with no food. That's that's the real crime of this whole thing. Real heart wrenching. They were fine. They were okay. Oh. Um, and nearly one hundred thousand dollars remained untouched in Joseph's bank accounts. <laughs> I'll take it. Listen, the decorative fountain business is 
where it's booming. At. It's booming. Booming. I mean, a fountain of success, one might say. Oh, one might say that the the bubble will burst. Oh, one saying it's yes. You're right. I'm just gonna stop. One might say it's a not a windfall but a waterfall. <laughs> Never mind. I don't know. Just pouring money. Just, <laughs> Just streaming. Oh, God. <laughs> Revenue streams. Get it? Uh, we're horrible. I just you can to... turn off the podcast. You don't have to listen anymore. In fact, maybe that's what you should do. Actually, yeah. Just just actually, it's over. Let's just wrap up. Why? Close up shop. Bye. Why are you still here? <laughs> All right. Let's get through this. So, some of the early clues, the police tracked down a neighbor's surveillance camera and found that at 7.47 p.m. on February, oh gosh, what was it? I think February 8th, uh, an SUV that was later determined not to be the McStay's family car had pulled out of their driveway and driven off. And in the surveillance video, you can't see who's inside the car. Uh, no other cars were around, and the car never returned. The same day, around 8.28 p.m., a call had been placed from Joseph McStay's cell phone to his business associate, Chase Merritt. Uh, the call went to voicemail, but his cell phone pinged a tower in Fallbrook. So it pinged a tower that was, like, in town. Mm -hmm. What year is this? 2010. Wow. Okay. Cause I hear like anything that even remotely says McDonald and I think like, Oh, the beginning of America. McDonald. What are you talking about? Like the, like the beginning of like farmland America. I just imagined like old McDonald. Why are we talking about old McDonald? Cause any, cause it's, his name was McStay. So in my mind, I just assumed like, Oh, he's like an early Irish farmer. You took a lot of leaps there. I know. But then I heard 2010 and I was like, how did his cell phone ping a tower on farmland in the early 1900s? Oh, my. I really assumed a lot of things going into you this. You assumed a lot of things uh, that were opposite of the several things I said already. I know. I was listening to all of it, and I was like, this doesn't add up. Maybe it'll explain itself later. And then it was just that I... I mean, also that he was a... We, we definitely delved into the fact that he was a decorative... <laughs> I mean, I was absolutely involved in that conversation multiple times now, and it still had not clicked. And yet he was a farmer in 1900. Maybe we should just start quizzing you at the beginning of your stories being like, do you know the time period? Do you, Where are we? And we'll never get anywhere. <laughs> we won't get past the first five minutes. Not at all. <laughs> okay. Um, so when the police investigated further, they discovered that on February 8th, the family's 1996 Isuzu Trooper was towed from a strip mall parking lot in San Diego near the Mexican border. Mm -hmm. It was believed that the vehicle had been parked there between 5.30 and 7 p.m. that evening, and it was towed at 11 p.m. So a search began for the family, but many thought they had intentionally fled, um, especially with the car being left at the border. Right. Um, so for all intents and purposes, it became a missing persons case, and for a while, the police were convinced that the McStays had crossed the border on foot. They even had uh, security footage from cameras at the border. It's hard to see, but I'll show you. Okay. Um, that they actually believed for a long time to be them, the family. Oh, so, creepy. They're holding hands and everything. Yep. Mom, dad, two kids. 
and they there's like no that's just a total guess it could just be another family for they all we know said they couldn't confirm it but that was the same time period and it was after the car had been left at the border so their main theory was that they had walked across the border was there a, i'm sure you're gonna get to it so just say yes or no right now but is there a reason why they felt like they needed to flee because mcstay sounds like they were very american like why did they need to? Why did they need to McLeave if they were? <laughs> why did they need to McLeave if they were McFine in the McCountry? I don't understand. And they were McStaying. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't make get it. I get it. I just wanted to say Mick. Mick, help me. <laughs> you know how I sometimes think I'm Michael Scott, where like I just keep going. Yeah, and I smile the whole time because I think I'm funny and I'm aware others don't, and then I like have like this like weird complex. You, it's honestly, I'm gonna blame you because you let it keep going. I'm just smiling. I just hate silence and I keep trying to fill it. Actually, that was what I learned in um, journalism school. What's to keep quiet and people will just spill their guts? People will keep talking because they don't, it's true. They don't like awkward silences. And if you can hold out longer than they can, they will keep talking. You'd be a great spy. Thanks. Or like a, I guess, a cop, like an interrogator. I was a private investigator, so. And how many people did you interrogate? I mean, I did a lot of online snooping. Good job. Email snooping. A lot of snooping. Love a good snoop. Love a good snoop, you know? D-O-double-G. So what happened was... Okay, so they were like, we think the McStays might have left voluntarily. That was the main theory. Why are you smiling? Nothing. What's wrong? No, I'm nothing. I just, I really don't know. Okay. I was just happy to be here. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. What? Are you okay? I'm, I think I'm just slap happy. Okay, well, things are about to get dark, so. Oh, okay, well, then let me, like, enjoy my last three seconds of smiling, then. Okay, great. I just like smiling. Smiling's my favorite. All right, you can't be Michael Scott and Elf at the same time. Never wanted to be either, and yet somehow I'm both. It's really quite a life you've you've led. And that's why we drink. Um, okay. So after they came up with this theory that the McStays had left voluntarily, um, investigators found searches on the family's computers for the following. What documents do children need for traveling to Mexico? Okay, they're guilty. Spanish language lessons. Guiltiest. On February... <clears throat> on February 19, 2010, California police notified Interpol to be on the lookout for the family. And uh, in April 2013, the San Diego County Sheriff's Department announced that it believed the McStays traveled to Mexico voluntarily. So there was there were several unconfirmed sightings of the family um, in Mexico and elsewhere, perpetuating the hopes that they were safe and had left voluntarily. Relatives, however, doubted that they would have traveled to Mexico, saying that Joseph and Summer avoided the country because of the safety threat posed by recent drug wars. And um, other critics noted that the McStays had more than $100,000 in bank accounts, but there were no withdrawals and it hadn't been touched since they left. Mm. Um, Summer's sister also said that her passport was expired, although... It is possible for a U.S. citizen to enter Mexico without a passport. You just need one to return. Oh. So three years later, on November 11th, 2013, so basically this was a missing persons case, and that was kind of the leading theory. 
Uh, three years later, November 11, 2013, a motorcyclist came across a skull in the desert near Victorville, California, which led to the discovery of four sets of human remains buried in two shallow graves. Oh, no. The bodies were stacked two to a grave, each parent in a separate grave with one of their children. <sighs> Shouldn't have called them guilty. You spoke too soon. Yeah. I mean, if someone based whether I was guilty of something based on my Google search history, I'd be fucked. He'd be McFucked. I'd be really, really screwed. Joseph's body was found with a white extension cord wrapped around his neck, and he was wrapped in a futon cover taken from his own home. Summer's skull was fractured, and one of their son's heads was bludgeoned seven times with a sledgehammer. Why seven? The first fucking six weren't enough? Nope. Um, and they were only three and five or something. Yeah, they were little. babies. Joseph's uh, and Summer's skulls had also been smashed multiple times. Um, so Gianni, the little one, ugh, he's four years old, seven times. Uh, Joseph had a broken leg and rib. He was tied with an extension cord. Um, the evidence seemed to indicate that the family had been attacked and perhaps even bludgeoned to death at their own home uh, before being taken to the desert. There were signs of renovation work, um, you know, the paint and new hardwood flooring in their house that they had just bought. And uh, Summer, when she was unearthed, she was not wearing a shirt and her bra had paint spatter on it, for, like the same paint that was being used in the kitchen. Um, and the sledgehammer also contained smears of the same paint. So they think it like might have been their sledgehammer? Yeah, they believe the sledgehammer was taken from their house as well. Okay. So they just brought a fucking sledgehammer to Mexico. They were no one's in Mexico. What? Nobody is in Mexico at this point. Oh, okay. We're in Victorville, California. So they never actually... I thought they crossed the border. No, I said they saw a photo and were like, we believe they crossed the border based on this photo. Oh, I think I just followed and, the photo this whole time in the and story. And Google Spanish language learning, and then... So there's that's there's that just a chance. It's not confirmed that they actually did it all. I remember you saying that. Sorry. No, they never did, because they found their bodies in California. In California. Yeah. Okay. So three years, yeah, three years later, a motorcyclist found their bodies in a desert in Victorville, California. Okay. I think my thought this whole time was that they went to Mexico and then someone brought them like back or something and buried them in California. I don't know. I need to stop. Nope. <laughs> being so extra in my thoughts. Um, okay. So her bra was spattered with the same paint that they were using in the kitchen to paint the kitchen. And um, the sledgehammer that had been used to kill them and had also been buried with them also contained smears of the same paint. Investigators also believe Summer may have been raped before she was killed. Great. Uh, two days later, the remains were officially positively identified as those of Joseph and Summer McStay and their two children. The deaths were ruled a homicide, and San Bernardino County authorities said they believed the family died of blunt force trauma inside their home. Hmm. So, obviously, age of the internet, there were amateur sleuths all over this. Um, a radio host named Rick Baker uh, had published a book called No Goodbyes, The Mysterious Disappearance of the McStay Family in February. So this was before that they were actually found. 
He traveled around the world chasing international leads on supposed sightings of the family. He interviewed the couple's family, friends, business associates. Like, it took him all over the globe. Um, And when he heard the news that the family's bodies had been found, he was completely devastated. He said, I thought I would meet them one day. I've traveled around the world to what I thought were verified sightings. I thought they were part of my family, and I grieved when I heard. Never in my wildest dreams or nightmares could I have supposed that the entire family would be dead. Jeez. Uh, Baker actually asked Amazon.com to take his book off the market and has promised to personally refund the purchase of price for anyone who bought the book. Wow. Um, because he saw it as a means of like gaining from the experience or well he said he saw it it ended up being he wanted to find out what happened to them and then when he found out what happened to them he was like i don't want to profit off this and i don't want to perpetuate this idea that they're still out there somewhere where clearly right he's too yeah heartbreaking broken even think about it So um, he also went on to say that he didn't believe that drug cartels were responsible for the deaths based on what he knew, citing that the placement of the vehicle after after the disappearance at the border didn't make sense because cartels wouldn't stage the car at the border, um, even though this was a theory that was, like, also going around once they found the bodies. Um, Basically, he said a cartel wouldn't leave the car by the border, then drive the bodies out to the desert and bury them like 50 yards away mm-hmm. from a road or something. It's too much work. Well, it would not even, it just wasn't done very well. It was very amateur. Like the bodies were not hid well enough. They were only like 50 feet, 50 yards from the road. Um, the car was like planted, whereas like a cartel would have found a way to hide it. I did don't know. You, did you say how like far into them being buried they were found yeah three years later three yeah you just say okay yeah so no supporting evidence has ever been found about you know relating to a cartel the mystery deepened when rumors spread that despite substantial bank holdings the mcstays experienced financial difficulties in the months before their disappearance Um, A former neighbor told the Daily Mail that the family was on the verge of eviction just before they purchased their $230,000 home in Fallbrook. Uh, But investigators and family members deny finding any evidence of financial problems. So it might just Mm -hmm. be a nosy neighbor trying to get a quote. Gotcha. Who knows? Um, Additionally, Summer, the wife, had been known by a number of names. So this was another weird detail. Mm -hmm. Um, She was born Virginia Lisa Aranda, Mm -hmm. but she had also been known as Summer Martelli, Summer Aranda Martelli, Lisa Aranda, Lisa Martelli, and Lisa Aranda Martelli. Um, She invented the name Summer, even though I don't think she was even using it legally, uh, she took 10 years off her age, even though there was no confirmation that she legally right. used it on her birth document, on her legal documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, family members insisted that her name changes were only a facet of her eccentric personality. But okay. it was just another weird detail Yeah, that they didn't quite know how to fit into this whole puzzle. Um, so investigators and the public then focused on McStay's business partner, Chase Merritt, who was the last person to have had contact with right. Joseph. Right, it was like the phone call that went to voicemail and all that. 
Yes. And was the first to notice his disappearance and tell his dad, oh, hey, I haven't heard from him in Mm -hmm. a while. Yeah. So according to state records, it turns out Merritt had felony convictions for burglary and receiving stolen property. In 2001, uh, he was convicted of the theft of $32,000 worth Mm. of welding and drilling equipment. Uh, An acquaintance of Merritt's told a reporter, I think police should look at him and anyone associated with him. In 2013, Merritt admitted that he had spent more than an hour with Joseph the day that the family went missing. Uh, Merritt also said that he had passed a polygraph exam and didn't know anything that could help solve the mystery of the family's disappearance. Mm. Uh, When he asked if he thought Merritt was a suspect, Joseph McStay's father, Patrick, said, I have to have faith in Chase because I have to have faith in my son. I believe that he trusted Chase and believed in Chase. Do I think Chase is involved? I don't think so, and I truly hope not. So it's just heartbreaking because they were really close friends, and his dad was like... It better not be yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so in January 2014, interestingly enough, uh, Chase Merritt decided he was going to write a book about the family that he called a tell-all mm-hmm. in which he alleged that Summer had anger issues and that Joseph had potentially been poisoned by his wife. So as it turns out, Joseph had actually feared that his wife was poisoning him in the months before they disappeared. Uh, supposedly he was suffering from a mysterious illness that doctors couldn't diagnose. He would spend days in bed, unable to walk. Um, no, it was bad. People like doctors could not figure out what it was. So in his book, his business partner and friend chase was basically planning to reveal that Joseph told him he would stop eating his wife's food and start eating out because he was concerned that she had something to do with it. Something in. Yeah. Yeah. So the book was called afraid of the light. And it was going to detail how the couple was having major problems in their relationship and had not had sex for more than a year before they went missing. In 2013, local news reported that the McStay family had called Summer's ex-boyfriend, Vic Johansson, a person of interest in the case. Uh, They believe that he had been obsessed with her for years and, and he had an extensive criminal history and a pattern of movement around the time of the disappearance that they considered suspicious, but the police department had no comment and defended its own work in the case and said, we don't think that that's Mm -hmm. a good lead for whatever reason. Meanwhile, Chase Mara is writing this tell-all book about Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. his wife and et cetera and their sex life, and police are trying to zero in on who might be responsible when our good friend DNA steps in. Oh, God. My best friend. My best friend. In the McStay family car that had been towed. Right. On the steering wheel and on the gear shift, police found none other than the DNA of Chase Merritt himself. No. He was arrested on November 5th, 2014 on the counts of four murders. He never got the chance to write that lovely tell-all that he was planning. Oh, sad. So sad. Why didn't he use, like, gloves or something? Like, he just thought, oh, well, obviously I can, like, have my DNA in the car since it's my best friend, or... Literally, I have no idea. I don't know if he, like, had a quote or anything. No. I mean, I guess in one part of your mind, it could be a foolproof thought of, like, you don't have to worry about your DNA being any... Like, if Deirdre's whole family, like, God forbid, got murdered, 
my DNA is all over that house yeah. for the last like 20 years of my life. Like me and that would, you know, well, he claimed he had never driven their car. Oh, okay. Well that changed the game. Yes. Um, but then he said that his attorney said that the evidence was a trace amount and could have been from the time the last two met up and shook hands following a business meeting at oh a my. Chick-fil-A restaurant in Rancho Cucamonga. Okay, don't disrespect for Chick-fil-A like that. One. Yeah, Chick-fil-A has nothing to do with this. <laughs> I know. Thank you. That is a wholesome, godly restaurant. Thank you. Very godly. My pleasure. Not open on Sundays. Oof. That's the sin of the century, I think. <laughs> Out of all of this, that's the sin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so he claimed that, like, maybe it was from a handshake. Like, okay. It was on the gear shift and the steering wheel. Um, yeah. Who knows why he didn't wear gloves? I mean, maybe he did, and... Then at least say you've driven their car before, you know? Like, just to cover your ass. Yeah, but you you don't know if they asked him before, and, Mm. like, he couldn't backtrack. You know what I mean? Like, who knows how they got that out of him. Weird. I don't know. But, yeah... So has, he hasn't come clean about anything? Is he still in jail? So here's what happened. Prosecutors allege that Merritt had a gambling problem and had killed the family for a financial gain. They said that he wrote checks totaling more than $21,000 on Joseph McStay's business account the days in the days following his death. Oh, not a good look. Not, not cute. He then went on a gambling spree at nearby casinos where he lost thousands of dollars. Uh, The trial has been delayed as Merritt has repeatedly fired his attorney or attempted to represent himself. Always good. (laughs) The best. Goes really well every time. (laughs) As of February 2016, he had gone through five attorneys. Mm -hmm. All himself. (laughs) He just kept firing himself. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, we can try this one more time. It's like, okay, but if you if you make me look bad again, I don't know where <laughs> we're gonna where we're gonna stand. I'm gonna need a raise this time. Uh in July twenty seventeen, Merritt's trial was tentatively set for September twenty fifth, twenty seventeen. And then in August twenty seventeen, the judge set a November thirteenth date. And then on November 13th, the trial was waived until today, February 23rd, 2018. You're kidding me. I didn't know that until the last line of my notes. And I went, holy fuck. Well, if that ain't a sign. Seriously. So today, I mean, the day we're recording. That's some eerie stuff. It's weird. I don't think I've ever felt so close to a story before. His trial's happening, literally happened today. Ew. I looked. Is there like breaking news? There wasn't anything when I checked a few hours ago. I can look now. Very Uh, weird how timely. Literally so timely. So timely. I'd like to say I did it on purpose, but I totally didn't. I mean, I don't see anything. Nothing new. Hmm. But yeah, so that was that was the story, and it's obviously not fully solved. But at least they have somebody in the custody. He claims his innocence. Um. It's just fucked up. And it was in California? Yeah. So literally in this state, it happened today. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> How creepy. Yeah, so who knows? But um, it's pretty fucked up. And like just the fact that there were some weird details, like the poisoning 
or like the potential poisoning yeah that always freaks me out yeah me too like things like that were like it's like subtle but like so evil like yeah and from someone that you're supposed to trust so much on by doing something so simple like feeding you yes like cooking you dinner yeah oh it's so fucked up but like and his family like all swore they were like he was extremely sick like he was in hospitals like he was weird but so then you wonder like if this guy Merritt was like i'm gonna write a book about how his wife did it like did he have something to do with it if now he's under arrest for it yeah especially like i mean if he knew anything and was letting it happen and then all of a sudden he's dead he's like oh well i guess i can profit now yeah it's like why weren't you fucking helping your buddy out then or at least prove that like try to put the blame on the dead wife instead of being yeah like, like when he was at a doctor why didn't you ask them to like i don't can you do that like figure out what someone was eating I know, like, when it's a dead body, you can. Like, during the autopsy, you can see, like, the last thing that they consumed. And see if they're, like, a tox, like a... What's it called? Tox screen. Is that what it's called? Toxicology report. Yeah. Like, I wonder if you can do that on a live person. Like, why didn't they just, like, check the contents of his stomach and see if there was poison in there? I don't know if that's how it works. I don't know. I'm going to tell myself... I mean, in autopsy, they literally cut open your stomach and check the contents. I know, but, like, I wonder if there's, like, a... Like, a... A way you could do it to a live person, like in a different, like a different routine version. I mean, of I it. think it wasn't to a point where he was like, "Holy shit, I'm being poisoned." I think it was just like, like an off, like a one-off, like, "Ugh, maybe I'll just start eating out." Like, I don't even think it was a very, because also their both their families swear, like, "No, that's not what was happening." It's only this guy who says it was happening, mm. and also he's probably the murderer so okay i guess that's it's true. it's like i don't know how much weight that really holds at all um i just like to believe it because it's a little extra juicy no it is it, and it adds like a weird wrench to the plan to yeah, like, it's like story. oh okay makes it a little less clear what happened yeah and then but it's true he could absolutely just be lying for all we know they were having the happiest marriage in the world yeah, yeah. who knows and like her with her like eight names just weird stuff like that mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's sad and scary, and who knows, like the car that showed up in their driveway and then disappeared. Yeah, right. It's just creepy. But that could have also just been someone like lost and turning into their driveway to turn around. Well, it was parked there for a while. It was I just parked. So. And I then, know. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to rationalize my head around other ways. Yeah, it was parked and then eventually pulled out and drove away. So creepy. It's just weird. It's just weird. So creepy. So that's that story, the McStay family murders, and it's very sad. It is. Very sad. Two babies. Oh, that is the sad part. It's really sad. So that's my story of the day. Oh, yay. Um, Drink all my coconut water. <laughs> I had my frap before I even saw you. I'm ready for bed. I'm ready for bed, too. <laughs> Which is so weird because we should be like so adrenaline rushed. To, like, not want to go to sleep because of how spooky the stories were. I know. But I'm also, like, I am aware I'm tired. The only thing I'm nervous about is, like, how this is going to fuck with my dreams. (laughs) That's the thing. Then you get scared to go to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. This is after we recorded last week is when I fucking thought there was a ghost in my room and it was just an earthquake. Also, we do want to say on a a happier note, um, we would appreciate your creativity and... um, you know, after we went to see my dad wrote a porno, oh, yeah. we, uh, you know, we did go because we truly enjoyed their show and their, actually their podcast is one of the first ways we ever bonded 
before we ever thought of having a podcast sure. either. But now that there is like the reality sinking in that we could very well be doing live shows one day, we did want to go and kind of take it as an opportunity to research and, you know, observe how they did it. So we know what we should do. Mm-hmm. And they had some really clever, cool things going on during their podcast like live show Mm -hmm. there was interactive parts to it they definitely had the crowd involved and so um if you guys have any ideas of things you would want to see from us from a live show because it looked like their show was about two hours live and yeah um granted if you just heard an unedited version of any of our episodes it'd be like four fucking hours long (laughs) so i don't know how we're gonna learn how to shave it down no we're only at 215 right now and that was a long one well we're getting much better we are getting much better we're getting much better but if there's anything that you can imagine like wanting to see or like if there's any way we could get you guys on stage for something or if you know we could have you guys shout things out from the audience or um dressing in costume or anything you can think of like wine slash milk slakes slash geo slash vision board slash drunk mystery related just hit us up and put it in your put it in the email title so we see it right away like in your subject line right like idea for a live show yeah, or like, like live show ideas or something yeah something so we it like it grabs our attention and we see it right away because we want to start planning because we are finally hitting the patreon levels where we're able to start actually planning things like this and tours and stuff and we want to get on it and we and a lot of you have been like so nice about saying we'll be there which is just fucking awesome yeah because my personal biggest fear has been like wherever we go there won't be enough people like you know like not like i just i'm always afraid that we're gonna rent out this place with like a bunch of seats and only one personal no. show and that freaks me out i just for I know, my performance I anxiety i mean it's i my think, own thing i think after crime con and like meeting all of you and it'll be so much more reassuring that like there are pe- real people out there who yeah like are our friends are our listeners i and know friends. i and it's it's totally my own personal complex but like it's weird for someone with performance anxiety who kind of hopes no one shows up but like i also need everyone to show up because otherwise it's worse if no one if shows no up. one shows up then i'm like oh well this is for as someone who's good. performed improv in front of a full audience and an empty audience it's way worse with an empty <laughs> audience because then you hear two people going ha ah. <laughs> So, so, but this is why we've been saying, you know, please help us on Patreon. Please help us, you know, get where we need to go because this is actually going to help us travel to you and we can, you know. And you're doing it. And yeah, I mean, so we're getting to that place where we can actually consider this. But once we actually can afford to make this happen, we want to already have a plan in mind. So if you guys have any ideas of how we can get you on stage, I feel like a lot of other shows have these ideas and create them and then like behind the scenes and then they get on stage and you guys are wowed by all the stuff that they've done. Meanwhile, like I think I was saying this to Christine, but I think one of our like things is that we try really hard to keep everyone involved and we we, like how close you are. So, you know, your input matters to us. We want to know what you want to see. So tell us how you would want things to be played out. Yes. Um, We want to make you happy. We will consider them. So, Anyway, I wanted to end on a happy note that we crave your creativity. We crave your creativity. We crave your support and love. Support, love, hugs. Alcohol. Alcohol. Also, I'm going to say it every time until May 4th rolls around, but Crime Con. May 4th to May 6th. Nashville, Tennessee, (laughs) y'all. I keep trying. It's not working. It's Uh, the trying so hard is what does it. I think I try to be subtle. Y'all. 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 Um, 
Use promo code ATWWD for 10% off your badge and come meet us. You'll get a special gift if you use our code and you're going to meet and, meet and greet with us. Photo up, etc. We'll have merch there. Uh, it'll just be so fun and we can't wait to meet you. So so go ahead and do that, please. Please, 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 please. please. Okay. Okay. Thank you, guys. Did you do it? Did I do it? No, did they do it? Well, you better have done it. I mean, I think they had enough time. I mean, they might as well have just turned this thing off and walked away if they didn't do it yet. Well, that's rude. Betrayal is quite a pain. I mean... Quite a painful experience. And I know they wouldn't want to do that to us. Tears on my pillow tonight. (laughs) Strumming my pain with your fingers, man. With all of your fingers. So many fingers. All five. All all million... How many listeners do we have? All their fingers are strumming the pain. That's a lot of fingers. <laughs> a lot of fingers strumming my pain and okay let's stop it okay uh you can find <laughs> us everywhere at atwwd podcast um you can also find our patreon atwwd you can find our personal social medias at x teen schiefer and vm schultz you can find our website and then that's why we drink.com as well as our shop and that's why we drink.bigcartel.com if you are also another professor at vcu and happen <laughs> to have my sister in your class and you were to throw our website back on the board that's fine we'll talk about it on the show and post on instagram if you are a professor at any university and want to throw our website on the board if you have any opportunity to ever promote us and want to take a picture and send it to us we just might put it on our instagram and talk about how great you are <laughs> um what else you're we- welcome <laughs> you're welcome actually not you're us. welcome students of america who are trying to get a college education <laughs> um I think that's you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Email. I'm not done. <laughs> I watched your face go. Oh, oh. excuse oh, me. I zipped my mouth shut real quick. <laughs> um, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, just about anywhere, any podcast destination, as they say. Um, you can also, thank you, Christine, find us at our email and that's where we drink at gmail.com where you can send us your listeners stories and we put out a new listeners episode every first of the month, which means next week you will be seeing one on March 1st. It's coming up fast because it's a short month. It is. Uh oh. Uh oh. We need to record one. Oh God. It comes out on Thursday. Oh no. Oh fuck. I did not plan no. for that. <laughs> Maybe Yay. next year on anniversary number two, we will have our lives sorted better. Keyword, maybe. Maybe not. Um, you guys are awesome. And if you get the chance and you and you have uh, Apple Podcasts, if you could rate and rate subscribe. our podcast. Review. I know you subscribe, but. But if you could like leave us a quick, you don't even need to review, but at least rate us the little five stars. That would be amazing and helps us so much. And preferably review us and talk about how great we are. Well, sure. We love a good compliment. Love a good compliment. Here's a compliment for you guys. We love you so much. You have no idea how appreciative we are of you guys. You're at so all. great. You're the best. Best of all time. Yes. And that's. Why? We drink. Clink. <laughs> Rough. <laughs>